episode. I just want to say this podcast is sponsored today by Key Trains. Uh, yeah. Here goes, reading healthy now, so we're making sure we stick to about 140 calories per instead of uh, 180. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, I got this on, so that's good. <laughs> Today's a really special episode because I have uh, my first guest on, somebody who's really inspired me and helped me grow on and off the basketball court. Um, we got Mr. World of... Oh, he's crying. Okay. Mr. World of Pickleball, um, Dr. Justin Mitchell himself. Oh, Alex, thank you. Thank you for having me very much. Uh, <laughs> I just got to say, not a doctor, but uh, I appreciate the, the terms and the thing being in front of it. So I don't even know what that is, but thank you for that. Yeah, I know you're a real doctor, though, because nobody really knows what you do. You're like a little bit of everything. I'm hidden. Hidden. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> he does something. Somehow he's still able to do stuff, but we don't know what he really does. <laughs> um, They call you the doctor because you rearrange people's ankles, maybe. That that might be it, or give just terrible advice on how to jump. That's kind of like the... Yeah. <laughs> that, that might just be it right there. Yeah. All right, so today um, I want to talk about like a lot of different things um, from basketball to like all, all sorts of um, basketball, like if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're somebody that wants to start like their own business and then also touch on a little bit of pickleball at the end. Oh, pickleball. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> so um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, like your story um, from playing high school basketball here in Aurora in like Newmarket area. Um, how you got to play for Jordan College? Um, my uh, my journey is very unique. So I don't have a, a traditional journey where I was a player from grade four and uh, ended up being ranked and then people were looking for me. It was, uh, it was never like that. So I started basketball in grade 10, uh, playing competitively, uh, competitively in rep and just learning the rules. Didn't really play organized basketball before that. Uh, it was all new to me. I was a hockey player, right? So fouling out of every game body checking guys yeah being, uh, looking at the refs like that's not a foul man this guy's soft they're like Dustin, you can't do that actually that's, that's not a thing uh and so then grade 11 and 12 when i actually found out how to play basketball properly was when i met bill pangos and uh yeah. i started playing with kevin and they started teaching me what basketball really was and i was like whoa this is way more complicated than i thought this yeah. is really cool I don't have to just dunk on everyone all the time they're like no actually there's like a lot more you can do <laughs> like nah you're crazy so that was like my first steps into uh, going into college, just playing at a really high level with uh, this high level player who carried, carried the team. He was, he was amazing. If you know Kevin Pangos, that guy's just, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's great. So luckily got to learn from the Pangos how to play basketball. And Bill was actually my main connection because I wasn't very sought after in high school. My base, my abilities were I could dunk on you in transition. I could dunk on you in the half court but let him shoot the ball and see what happens. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really anything special. I wasn't highly recruited. And uh, Bill Pangos did me a huge favor. He uh, reached out to the Georgia college uh, coach at the time. He's like, Hey, can you come check this guy out? Uh, we're playing up in your area. Uh, see if you want him. And uh, Steve Porter was the, Terry Porter, Steve Porter was the coach. Oh, he's going to kill me for forgetting his name. Right now. <laughs> it's coach, coach Porter. Uh, I never called him by his first name. Coach Porter was there. And uh, I remember I tried to dunk on a guy from like just <laughs> inside the free throw line, hit off the hit off the front of the rim, <laughs> out of bounds, <laughs> just a terrible attempt. <laughs> but when I looked athletic, so uh, luckily yeah. Bill hooked that up uh, that way. And from that, I ended up going to Georgia College, 
and, and playing basketball. So the, the whole recruiting system for me, I, I'm a terrible example or terrible help for it because I wasn't uh, I wasn't that normal into playing college basketball. I, my, it was never my dream when I was younger to like, hey, I want to play college basketball. It just yeah. kind of fell into my lap because I was, I was a very athletic uh, player. And it was complete fluke. Uh, good networking by Bill Bangles. He knew a few of the guys. And uh, when I had to show up, I just guess I kind of did something that the coach liked. And he's like, yeah, come on out. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Uh, but so I think it was really interesting. Um, like you didn't play basketball before, but you did play a lot of different sports, right? Yeah. So I think that was really helpful in like making you a great athlete because you were like your body was exposed to so many different like stimuluses. Like yeah, yeah. Well, one one hundred percent. I think that was that was huge. I, I was a I was a gymnast. I was in gymnastics, triple uh, A hockey, hockey growing up, and then soccer. And I always always ran track and field, so I was always doing these multiple sports that could help me out you know, a bunch of different ways. And uh, yeah, that, I think those definitely helped push me towards being a, a very good basketball athlete. Cause I had so many different components to my game now that I could use that people are yeah. like, this guy's weird. Why is he moving like that? I'm like, yeah. I'm a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's definitely like one of the, maybe one of the best athletes to develop later on. Cause they already know all these different things and you can like kind of mold them into the type of, like you can mold their mind into like know how to play basketball. Properly. So I, I always say my favorite thing um, I always look at, I love baseball athletes and hockey athletes. So those two guys, I find out that uh, an athlete or a kid is playing these two sports and they're coming in to play basketball with me. Yeah. I'm so excited right away. Cause I'm like these two, these two sports, for some reason, I have no studies on this or anything like that. But yeah, uh, for some reason, these kids that continue to come from baseball or hockey for me always hit it out of the park. They always want to move. They always want to pass. They're always yeah. pretty solid all the way around. They're not going to be like your superstars, but they're like your guys. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you're, you're my starter. You're getting some minutes. You can pass to my good guys. You, you understand how the sport works. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Like there's a Gilbert at um, Mulock, right? Um, so he's from the Dominican, I think. And he told me that he played baseball a lot when he was younger. So that's exactly what you were talking about. And now he's like super speedy and a really smart basketball player. Man, Gilbert uh, had the pleasure of coaching this year. He is one of the fastest players I've ever seen with a basketball. Yeah. Like, if I try to run that fast, that ball's going off my foot every single time. Yeah. It's, it's impressive to watch that guy play and able to move at that speed. I just like, I mean, you know how you coach that. You're like, I've, I can't move that fast. I've never had him move that fast. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do cool things, man. Keep doing cool things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Shout out to Gilbert. Um, yeah, but now, back to your um, story. So, um, did you play your first year like at Georgian? Yeah, so so uh, I come to Georgian uh, my first year. Now that I got some confidence in my step, I'm like, hey, I'm playing college basketball now, man. Yeah. I'm cool. Uh, not realizing how it works, but there's already people they've recruited before you. There's people years ahead of you that have been recruited specifically just to go in these positions. Yeah. And when I got there, it was it was a real shock. Like I I wasn't I didn't have any like proper skill set. I could bring the ball up. I uh, wasn't really a shooter. Uh, mm -hmm. My attacking game was really weak because I was like one, 155 pounds. So you could push me off the ball pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, I could play defense and I can be a, like a, a pest, but that was about it. That was all I, I could do in that first year. So my first year, my minutes weren't incredible. Yeah. My stats weren't great. I was a terrible free throw shooter. I was a terrible three-point shooter. Yeah. Uh, I was just a, a, just a big mess. And then second year, same thing happened. I came back in. Uh, thinking that I was going to be like, yeah, I, I can come in now. I'm going to get some minutes now. I'm going to be a man. 
when I got on the court, <laughs> I couldn't hit three still. Yeah. Uh, I was a liability. Actually, I could play defense, but I just – there's nothing I was providing more than the next guy. Another guy that's bigger than me or stronger than me could do what I did, and I was mm-hmm. being less efficient, right? So I was just so confused at it. I was like, man, two years now, I'm like a, like a bench warmer. I'm on the bench. Uh, I'm not that good. But in my mind, my skill set, everything I had, it was a very good player. But my mind was the biggest thing. It was like, oh, I'm, I just kept saying, well, I'm, not, I'm not that good. This guy's better than me. Or uh, I wonder why I'm not playing. I just kept getting down on myself. I was yeah. Keep going down this rabbit hole. But I'd always cheer my teammates on. That was the only thing I did. I was a really good cheerleader. <laughs> I was always <laughs> I, I'd cheer my team, team on. So everything changed uh, going to third year. Uh, Coach Colson came up to me before the year ended, and he's like, hey, you're my starting guard next year. <laughs> and I like look behind. It's like you must be talking to someone else. It's like my numbers, my numbers are nowhere near starting guard. Like uh, I'm just lucky, I'm fortunate to play. So I'm getting an education here. This is cool. Yeah. He's like, no, I want you to come back. Uh, this is how I want you to play. Um, I want you to be. I want you to be my main guy. And I was like, okay, let's uh, let's try it out. Let's see what, how this works. So in the summer, nothing really changed. If I got more shots, if I was playing basketball more. And my game was good. I can get to the net. Very athletic. Yeah. I could do a lot of things. So I just wasn't confident. And the fact that he gave me the keys and he's like, here, here's the, here's the, here's the vehicle. Run it your way. See what you can do with it. And um, let's see what you got. And I remember the first game I came out and I, it was in a tournament, uh, St. St. Lawrence tournament, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I had a game tired to go in overtime from like half court. And I finished the game with like 22 points, shooting out of my mind. And I even after the game, yeah. I was like, we won, we win the game. We beat uh, Vanier, a team called Vanier. We win. I'm like, holy crap. Like, I can play basketball. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was such like a weird moment because like I always knew I, was, I, I could play. I was good. I had all the skills, but I never like, believed in it until that, that moment where the guy, my coach finally, like, hey, like, I know you can do this. Yeah. So, yeah, I can do this. So, third year ended up being a really good year for me. First semester, I was playing shooting guard, I was a starting shooting guard for the team. So I was getting all these shots up. I was shooting confidently. I was hitting some games. I got to hit six threes, eight threes, uh, seven threes, five threes. I was just cooking. It was yeah, good. Crazy. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. You look, you looked it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I was cooking first semester. It was it was shocking to everyone, and uh, I was really confident. Some might say overconfident at times. And um, yeah, that year I ended up scoring. In like the first half, I was in like twenties in the twenty range for scoring per game, and then second half the season started, and then I went back into a point guard position because we lost our point guard for the first semester, mm-hmm. and my scoring went down obviously. But then we had this monster named Tex Duarge, which we got to use more of, right? So it was really cool. So like the first two years, we weren't really a basketball program. We were losing. We went four and sixteen my second year, so like we were <laughs> we were we were pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> and then from to that next year now where we're Above 500, uh, Tex Warch leaves for like a four or five games he misses, and we finish 10 and 10. And we were sitting in a good position all year. We ended up playing Humber that year. And uh, Humber yeah, ends Humber's up playing Yeah. Humber is, hey, personally, I'm going to start beef. I hate Humber. <laughs> it's just, they're just one of those teams, like, they just, they just always, always win in. I don't hate them because, yeah. like, I hate the, the kid, the guys, the athletes in it. I don't, I don't hate the people in it. You just, like, yeah. hate Humber because there's such yeah. a just look at them and like, I want to beat them. I'm, I'm going to beat their asses. Turns out, couldn't beat their asses. <laughs> yeah. They, they, were, they were solid, right? Yeah. 
so that that's how like my progression went in college into that year so then third year happened we had team success which made me even more excited so it's like hey like the team's winning uh mm-hmm. these guys from ottawa actually came in and uh they changed like the dynamics of how the team looks like these kids came from when they came from st patrick's and they were all winners yeah so when a bunch of winners started coming in too they were like hey like like in practice, these guys are yelling at me, and I'm like, "Whoa, hey, what? <laughs> like, what, what's going on here?" Yeah, they 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 were focused and locked in, which made us focused and locked in, which made the whole team locked in, and we had a really good year. We're like, "Whoa, hey, we're we're something." Georgian's cool, like we can play, and then I yeah. back and start playing. So, in the fourth year happened, and that's when we had our best year. We were second in the East. We were top nine in Canada. Uh, in Ontario, we were also ranked. Like we were, we were just moving so well. We finished fourteen and six on the season. Uh, yeah. I was playing point guard full, full time, and something I did differently when I was in that my fourth year compared to my third year is, I took a step back in the role. Like third year I was the main scorer, um, I got to shoot the ball anytime I wanted. I was like a, a vocal point on offense mm-hmm. as a shooting guard, and I took a step back and I was like, we have a better player in Tex Warch. Coach Colson came up to me. He's like, hey, we have this monster. Yeah. Can we feed him? And I had a choice to make. The choice was, I just came off a great year. Like, I want to be the man. Do I want to continue being the man and taking all the shots and leading us? But what that led us to was a 10-10 year. Yeah. So looking at that, being like, yeah, you're right. This guy's an absolute animal. Let's start getting this guy the ball down low. And then we also had a lot of different uh, players. We had this big guy named E coming in, great shooter, had probably the best skills on the team. And then Mark Brown, who was just like a pure shooter. This guy who just could lead any team, like make yeah. it beat anyone. It was sweet. So we had yeah. all these group of guys. So I didn't have to try to be like, yeah, you know what? I want to be a 25 point per game scorer. I want to be the man to do it. Mm-hmm. I, got, I had to make a choice. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll step back. I'll step back because I'm on, as long as I'm on the court, you know, I'm helping the team win. I'm doing my job, setting up the offense. I knew every single play. I knew everyone should be. Uh, yeah. And that, that was one of the roles I took. I took the role of just facilitator bringing the ball up, setting up the offense. I wouldn't be the last guy to touch the ball. So my assists weren't like 12 assists a game. I'd yeah. get the ball yeah. to the guy who's going to get the ball to the guy to score. And I would always make sure the offense is set. Yeah. Which was, which was something I had to really step back and take and be like, yeah, like ego is not driving this. The team, the team's wins. Everyone around me, like I want us, I want Georgia to be a basketball school. I want to win with the team. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the coolest things I, I learned while playing college basketball it can go two ways. You can be the, the scorer, the the guy that's going to be the man at all times. Or you can step back and be like, hey, I, I want team success. How do I elevate people around me? How can they elevate me at the same time? And how can we all, all win together? Yeah. And uh, great group of guys we had there. So it was super easy to do. We were super close on and off the court. And that was that was like the the high, the, the, yeah. the top yeah. part of the year. And unfortunately, I, uh, I missed a, a game tying three against Fanshawe at Provincials haunts me but uh the look was there the team trusted me ended up not hitting it but it was we had a great one we had an amazing run it was yeah. so fun to be a part of and college basketball was definitely one of those memories where i'm like yeah that's that was super that was a super fun time i had and then our fifth year we tried to do uh, replicate the same success we had and then our big dog our big dog went down that year tech so we uh we ended up not having the best season we ended up finishing yeah. 11 to 9 still about 500 but uh, it just wasn't the same fire, same magic. We didn't have the mm-hmm. same same hunger we had. But it was – everything about it was amazing. Like, the amount of learning that you have to do and the amount of growth that you have to do on yourself to figure out, do you want to be a team player? Are you the guy? Can I fit into a system? 
how can I fit into the system? How can I make the system succeed? And uh, yeah, that was a, it was a solid, it was a solid college career. Got a, got a few uh, individual accolades out of it. Enjoyed it a yeah, lot. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the rankings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, uh, it was good. It, it was, it was very fun. Uh, the people I met was the most fun about it. All mm-hmm. the wedding, all that stuff was really cool. But uh, the friends I kept to this day from it, amazing. It was just all around an amazing experience for me. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Yeah. And uh, like your fourth year in um, college, I feel like that kind of mirrored my, um, like last year that I played in uh, high school, like for my school team. And that's when my coach actually came up to me and said, you know, Alex, you're probably not always going to be the top, like you're probably not going to be a top scorer on your team. But what are you going to do to like make your team better? And that's what I did last year. Like I wasn't scoring a lot every single game, but like how can I make all these guys just like, Get, be on the same page and like stay organized and know what they're doing and then always make the right read like make it shoot when I have to but if I see like somebody that's open um more open than me like pass the ball or make the right read yeah yeah so that's something yeah, I learned yeah and like because you know it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to lock in and say you know I want to do what's best for the team and not what's best for like even though it is what's best for yourself but it doesn't feel like that I when know you're playing saying. yeah yeah, there, there, there's definitely a fine line, but uh, team success comes, people will notice you. If your team succeeded, they will notice that you're a part of that success. Yeah. Right. So that's what a, a lot of players have to understand and see that, like, just because you're the guy that's not scoring 30 game or 25 a game doesn't mean that you're not a piece of the puzzle. Doesn't mean teams don't notice that, hey, this guy works super hard on defense. We need a, we need a defender on our team. Right. Yeah. A coach can see that and be like, hey, this guy works hard on defense. He seems coachable. Yeah, we can teach him how to shoot the ball. This guy is hard on defense. We want this guy. Yeah. Right? So if, if you're always – if you're accepting a role to play or understanding that there is a role to be filled onto the team, and if you can play that role, you get more minutes. Yeah. Because everyone right now – everyone right now, what, what is everyone doing in your age right now to try to get minutes? Everyone's trying to score and shoot threes, right? Yeah. That's all they think. Every time I see a young athlete, like, what do you want to learn today? Yeah. I'm going to be a three-point shooter coach. You're damn right you're gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Right. But is 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 there a better three point shooter on the team than you right now? Well, yeah, I don't really shoot threes. I'm not allowed to on my team. Oh, this is that's that's bold. That's bold. Yeah. What else can you do? Say, well, I'm I'm a good defender. Get that defensive minutes. Get those mm-hmm. defensive minutes first. Continue working, obviously, on the grind of the shooting in the background because it's needed. But get those minutes first in what you need and what the team needs of you. Yeah. And once you get that, you get confidence, you get experience on the court, and then you can start filling in the gaps that you need next. So, hey, the coach really likes that I'm playing defense. What do I have to do next? Oh, he wants a three and D kind of player on it. That's mm-hmm. where I can get my next minutes. I can get more shots up this way. Ooh, now that you trust me with three and D, now I can get into my bag of tricks. I've been working on this sweet crossover. I'm going to try it out in the game now because I got that confidence. Yeah. And now, look, you can three D and now you can attack the net. Yeah, right. exactly. So just gaining confidence slowly is, is super key on it. Get the experience, fill the spot that's needed, still work on your craft. And when the craft gives you an opportunity to use it, use yeah, it. Exactly. And like more times, you know, you know what uh, your team needs. Like if your team needs a rebounder, you know that you need to be like somebody that goes against rebounds. But if you don't know what you can do to make your team better, just go ask your coach, like go um, like be open with them. Because they're probably gonna give you the right guidance, anyways. You know, super easy fix. Yeah. What do I have to do 
what can I do? And if you're listening, so sometimes you don't like the answer that you get told. Yeah. And that's a part of being coachable. So if you hear that answer and you don't like it, things you can do to change it is training more by yourself to, to gain the confidence in yourself or yeah. something that I say, if you're playing rep basketball at near within that age from grade four all the way to grade 12, go play house league somewhere, go play house league and everything that you want to try to do on this court, try it out in a house league. Yeah. Go try it out when you're playing pickup basketball, when you go to play pickup, don't just go to mess around. If you're serious about changing your situation on the team, go practice it. Go see yeah. how it looks in the game. See how you can you can mold this into a serious situation on like a rep court or an AAU yeah. court, right? So then also if the coach is telling you something, hey, I want more rebounding. Like, like I want more rebounding. I think you'd be a great rebounder. Mm-hmm. Perfect. This is how I'm going to get on the court because coach's vision of me is already set. I'm going to be a great rebounder. Now yeah. once I rebound for him, he has trust in me and confidence. I'm going to pull a three next time as a trail big because I know I can shoot it. Yeah. If I hit this three, hey, look. I'm a trail big now. This guy has faith in me. If yeah. I miss it, I'm going back to being a rebounder. I'm still in the court though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm going to go back to rebounding 10 times harder for him, get those rebounds again. He still believes in me. But look, I gave, I gave myself my, my attempt. Mm-hmm. Maybe coach saw it and said, hey, that was confident. If you want to shoot that again, you might have the green light sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Asking and, never hurts, man. And the second thing um, is like, if you want to play for some of the top teams, like, top AU teams or whatever, there's probably only going to be like five guys that's actually going to play most of the time on the court. So you got to think about um, how you can, how you can impact the team even when you're not playing. Cause that's also something important too. Cause um, there was this one, uh, there was this one guy that just, uh, that graduated this year, grade 12, that played for Northern Kings. And he didn't play like, he didn't play at all in this final tournament, the Under Armour Rise tournament that they won but he didn't play at all in the championship games. Um, but what he did do was he was like energetic every single game and he was yeah. going and he was making sure that everybody was good. And he ended up getting a scholarship to a division two school in Florida. So that's it. Yeah, exactly. You just got to like, think about how, like you can make your situation better. Um, but you can't like, even though you can't really change your situation right now, Think about ways that you can change, like where you're at and how to improve. Exactly. That was uh, that was me in second year. I had a choice to make if I wanted to sulk, uh, sulk on the bench and be upset, or I can cheer my teammates on because it's a team sport. I understand yeah. that there's like, I want to be out there and play with them, but clearly these guys are doing something better than me right now. I'm going to cheer them on. I'm going to talk to these guys. I'm going to be supportive. Coaches see that. Coaches see energy. Yeah. They'll see that. They'll notice a guy, if a guy sitting on the bench that's like, man, I can get way more buckets than these guys. I can do this. I can do that. Yeah. Coach is going to see that and be like, this guy's not supporting his guys. When he's at his lowest, if he's supporting someone, imagine what this guy's going to be when he's at the top. Yeah. He's even more supportive when he's on, on that court. So you're looking for this guy. You're like, coaches see this guy and they're like, yeah, we, we can't wait for you to blossom. But right now is not your time to blossom. Yeah. yeah. These guys set in stone. They're doing the job for me already. Love the energy. When it's your time, I'm going to put you in your damn right. I'm going to put you in. So yeah, keeping that mindset and said the kid got a scholarship just because of energy. I bet he could play as well, but just yeah, not, in that, sure. not in that big game. But yeah, it's energy's huge. Energy's contagious as well. If you're happy on the bench, you can get a whole group of guys happy on the bench with you. Once a whole yeah. bunch is happy, the team's happy. And then when you get out there, the stars are cheering for you as well. And then it's a whole giant team, team effort. And it feels good. Energy all around, right? Exactly. Like, like if somebody's 
if you're if somebody's not being nice to you are you going to be nice to them back you just got to think about it like that that's like the simplest <laughs> way so if you bring energy for people on the court if they put you in think about like what i pass to myself like what i give myself the bar looks like i don't even like this guy this guy is like cussing me out every single time like oh i want to go i'm gonna go on coach i want to go on coach like yeah calm down yeah <laughs> that's so funny man oh, that's good that's good all right so um when you were telling your story i kind of like saw this theme that was going like throughout the whole story was just like mental mental like part of basketball and i feel like that's something that's not really like it is talked about but that's something that like a lot of athletes don't train train on like they go train on their uh, three-point shot or like different moves but they don't really think about like the mental part so i just yeah. wanted to ask you like what are some ways that you could train your brain for the game um starting from second year after i got told that like i could I could go in the gym and dribble the ball a thousand times, take 2000 shots. Um, was I practicing the right things? That, that's what it comes down to. Was yeah. I practicing the right things that are going to translate into the games? Probably not during those first two years. I probably was not practicing at all what I yeah. needed to, to do to translate it. So what I started focusing on more was mentally, I would vision myself hitting game winners continuously. Yeah. Like I'd always have this, this dream where I'm, I catch the ball, I hit a game winner. It's not like the ones in your drive where you're like, ah, it's like, yeah. I hit it, swoosh, or I'd run through a play or scenario that I ran through that I turned off the ball. I would change it and be like, what would I have done there? Oh, yeah. I'd smack, I would go to the middle. Once the big guy came, it was a bounce pass, not a chest pass into his hand. And after I started running, I'm yeah. like, okay, I fix it. Now that I fix it here, as the game starts happening, the game's going fast. I've already envisioned this 2,000 times. Yeah. So as that play's coming up now, I'm like, oh, hey, I was here. Bounce pass. And yeah. it bounced through, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm psychic. And then I called the X Men. I was like, guys, you guys got to hire me. This is crazy. Like, I can see the future. Yeah. And my coach, like, get, get on the bench, Justin. <laughs> so, 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 besides all that, but just having that, that visual, the constant visuals, like even when I'm sitting down on my bed, I'd, I'd have a little ball. I'd be flicking the ball up and down, flicking it. Like, okay, that's a good shot. That's a good shot. Oh no, that shot hit sideways. Oh, this shot hit this way. And just, yeah. just constantly thinking positive. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's done. Oh, that did work. Oh, maybe I try this. I never thought about this angle. And I'm constantly thinking about it. Yeah. And there's no doubts. It wasn't like, what if I turn the ball over? It was always the solution. Yeah. The fix. That's what it always was. It was never the, the problem. It was never like, oh my God, what if, what if the shot misses? It's like, no, the shot, it's that one. Oh, that one felt good. Let me mm -hmm. go deeper now. That felt good yeah. too. So I, I felt that helped. That helped me a lot. Visualizing success was something huge for me that I continuously did. I do it just for about anything I do. So I'm yeah. like continuously visualize it. I then think it into existence and then I talk about it too. Like when I get in the court, I'm like, I'm going to bag five threes. I might miss my first eight. Yeah. I know I'm like, I said I'm going to hit five threes. I, I'm confident I can do this. Yeah. And then eventually it'll start going. Cause like, then that's where the practice comes in. The good practice of proper form, what I'm shooting, the shots that I'm shooting, the shots that I'm going to get into a game. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not shooting these. Uh, in my third year, I was more of a come off screen guy and take shots in motion. Yeah. So Colson, my coach, would make me do this drill. He'd put a garbage can in the middle of the, the top of the key, and I'd have to come off that screen and decide how I'm going to pull up threes. So yeah. that was my shot. So doing the set shots were cool, but my chances of getting a catch and shoot were very low because I had the ball in my hand so often. Yeah. So catch and shoot wasn't really a worry for me as often as in motion. When shot clock got low, it was me to get the ball. So I had to work quickly off it and get shots in motion. So I started practicing those more. And I was like, oh, I started hitting. Yeah. This is cool. And then as I got into fourth year, my mindset was different because 
going off the screens wasn't really my, my I was passing more now. So spot up was my thing. So I started practicing spot up threes. Yeah. And then anytime I had the chance to dribble off the ball and shoot my threes, I was missing a lot of them because I wasn't practicing as much. Yeah. Those ones. But my mindset was still the same. Now when I caught, caught and shoot it, I was like, yeah, that's in. It's money. It's all I think about. It's all I do. Yeah. So yeah, mindset, mindset's huge. Uh, mindset and belief in oneself is, is amazing. And that's why, secondly, you'll see a lot of these players, you're like, I know I'm better than that guy. Like skill-wise, body-wise, I'm way better. Why is this guy beating me up and down the court? This guy yeah. shoots from the side of his head like this. And he's still banging. This guy, he yeah. practices reps of the shots that he knows he's going to hit. And he believes himself blindly that he's going to hit those shots. And he'll take those shots and hit them. You're like, what the fuck? does that even happen? Right? Yeah. And visualization, I think, is, is huge. It's absolutely huge. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, that's something that I did, too, this summer, um, was just visualize. Because I was playing basketball every single night at uh, Mavernack. Um, so I would oh, I just... Heard, I heard about that. Yeah. So I was just imagining, like, just catching the ball and shooting. And then even now, like... Um, well, I'm not going to practice anymore because, you know, lockdown, you got to stay safe, stay home. Yeah, 28 but, days, maybe 28 days. Yeah. But you just got to, like, sometimes what I do is I was shooting the same shot that you were, like, coming off the curl. And I do the same drill that you do, like, said so the guards can just, just practice that shot. Yep. So now, like, like, I just try to imagine with, like, full detail, you know? Like, know who's passing the ball to me and then yeah. catching the ball and then, like, how the ball feels in my hand. And then, like, what emotions I'm feeling. And then try to, like, change it, you know? Try to make myself feel more confident. Like, if I know that I'm going to shoot uh, nervous, I know I can just change that right now and make myself mm-hmm. feel confident in my shot. Yeah. So that's you know, something that's really important. Also, something you told me that you're practicing in the summer was meditation. Yeah. So what, what, uh, what tools and tricks are you using to help yourself meditate? I found that really cool. So my meditation was really just, like, I just closed my eyes and just just sit there for like five or 10 minutes every day. So I didn't really like do any guided meditation and stuff. I just try to like focus on my breathing. And then, um, and I also like kind of added in a little bit of visualization when I was meditating too. And I would just think about like, just like kind of have a little conversation with myself while I'm meditating. Like, how am I feeling today? Like when I play basketball, when I'm doing this thing, how do I feel when I do this? When I'm shooting, how do I feel when I shoot? When I'm playing with bigger guys, what do I think I need to do better when I'm uh, like, you know, just different conversations like that to just yeah. like, um, to get on the same page with myself and then work on like solutions. Like, okay, how can I make myself feel more confident when I'm shooting? And then like maybe go outside in the morning and shoot more or visualize more. And then, um, so that's kind of like what my meditation was for me. That's sweet. That, yeah. that's very sweet. I thought you had like a, a guided shaman that brought you down the path like light like, yeah. all right now listen to me like you kind of go down that which is really cool it's actually really fun it helps out a lot yeah there's actually this one supply teacher at my school Mr. Shields and he has like two to because he was a chef actually but that's what he said I don't know if he's like lying or not but I'll just say <laughs> that it's true so um he was like a chef at this like monastery um and there were these like uh I think it was in Tibet and there were these monks like the jumping monks that say like um they all just like jump around all day and then they like so that's when he said that i was like okay like nobody's really <laughs> jumping around all day but, i know how it feels my knees hurt jumping around yeah. all day. Come on, man. <laughs> so but he was cooking food for them like he was a chef and uh, he was there for like a week or so and when he left he got two bells like um 
you know, like meditation bells that you ring yep. and they make like the gong noise. And every time that we have him like as a supply, he just like every class for like five or 10 minutes, he just like turns off all the lights and just plays it, you know, like rings it. And then everybody's just quiet. And I feel like, and that was, that was really cool. That's like, you know, just like calming yourself down before um, your class. I think, uh, I think meditation is, is huge and reflection is huge. Uh, you know, Bart. Yeah. So Bart's always like, hey, how can we implement uh, yoga or meditation into our teachings at the start? Or should we put them at the end? And he's always asking these questions on, on more than just basketball, on how to train the minds of the young athletes. And it's always unique on how he wants me to add different things. And like stretching is huge nowadays. Stretching yeah. is, is everything. And he's always asking me different routines on, on what I'm stretching, how I'm stretching, and how it benefits me. Um, are we doing stretches that are going to help the activity? during or you're just doing random stretches for the body that are the opposite. So if you're using a muscle, it's like, are you doing stretches that help the muscles that aren't being used right now for the yeah. activity ahead? And I'm like, oh, Bart, I didn't even think about this stuff, man. This is yeah. wild. So yeah. he's always filling my mind with, uh, with different techniques or, or different thoughts to try to use. And I was like, you know what, let me, let me see if I can implement some of these. And yeah, it just, it's, it's cool. The, the meditation part of it, I wish I, I wish I learned even more. I'm hoping, I'm excited and hopeful that I'm going to learn a lot more to it, but the mind yeah. is, is a cool thing, especially for sport, especially in sport. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, something else that I don't know how you would teach this one and I don't really know how to learn it either, but I guess I kind of have a little bit of it. It's um, mind and muscle connection or like mind and body connection. So kind of like understanding how your body feels um, like when you're doing certain movements or when you're doing a workout like kind of listening to your body you know what i mean kind of sort of kind of lost i'm kind of curious to learn more about <laughs> yeah. this kind of like i, I kind of get it i kind of don't so i guess it's like when i do like if i'm doing a squat yep and just like just visualize what muscles are being worked in that squat like your quads for example and then how are your quads feeling after you do the squat or um okay. but then maybe like like if your knees if your knees start hurting then you know you're pushing too much. So maybe you should just like ease off of that. So I'm like thinking how, how you can teach young, younger like athletes how to do that because they, a lot of young athletes think that you should just go, go, go. Yeah. But they don't really know. They don't really think that it's okay to stop your workout if you're feeling like you're going too hard um, yeah. and then go again another day. Yeah. That's, whoa, that's huge. Yeah. That's a huge thought that, that definitely sick. I wish uh, someone would have taught me that when my back and my knees were hurting real bad. And I was like, yeah, for the team, we got to push through yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something to look into and, and figure out more and more of and definitely get some people that understand the research behind it to, to let you know how to properly present this to younger athletes. So you're not harming them in any way, shape or form. Right. Definitely. And I think like also it's kind of in young athletes minds that you should be working out with like, 24 hours every single day because you see like maybe you see something on instagram you see like these kids always posting their work and it's like damn these guys are working every single day like like but they're actually not like these nba pros they're not actually working out every single day they might actually get like two hours in and then just like take a nap and then like do an ice bath or something like that yeah i know it's uh to, to work working smart and working on things that you need to like obviously your body yeah. proper proper care of your body is very important so like going to the gym every single day and working on the same things going crazy for that 24 hours as you said yeah, yeah. that's absurd but doing different workouts 
makes sense. So if one day you're in the weights or the two days you're in the weights, then the next day you're working on elasticity, like your, your body's able to bend your movement of it. Yeah. Right. Doing stuff like that, that counterattack the, the weights and stuff would be, be amazing. That way you're not actually working 24 seven. You're trying to work on the body, the mind. And then if you're going to a gym now, you're some training on the actual support part of it. Yeah. That, that seems like that'd be more tameable. That's okay. But you don't have to just do workout every single day, then throw basketball every single day and then train your mind every single day. You, you need those breaks. You need to train different parts of your body at different times to help yeah. yourself recover too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like the one, the workouts that I'm doing now, like how it's set up is I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, um, Friday. It's just like, for now, it's like a lot of plyometrics, a lot of explosiveness um, and like change of direction. But on my Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, it's just mobility and like core. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. mobility is kind of like stretching in a way. Um, but that's still working my legs, even though it's not like super strenuous. It's still, um, still going to help me like in the future. So I think that's exactly. something people need to know. Like sometimes less is more when yep. you want to um, be a better athlete. And I think, I think that's better because I would rather do less to get more, <laughs> you know? Me and you both, brother. Me and you yeah. both. <laughs> yeah, doing the strenuous stuff every single day, all the time, continuously, it definitely can't be good. And yeah. It, it, has a, it has a stigma around it. Like, got to work hard every day. Work yourself to the bone, to complete exhaustion. Then you're the best. Woo! Yeah. So like, we, can, we can do other things, too. Like, we can work ourselves to the bone two or three times a day, two or three times a week. And then we can now rest and focus on our body and our recovery. How about that? So now our body is happy with us. We just worked yeah. out. We're gaining, we're gaining that muscle or that strength we need. And now we're gaining the body's preservation now for this time period. And then now we get to go build some skill after, you know? Yeah. I agree. Exactly. So um, I think that's something that I was like kind of doing earlier on, like maybe in grade nine, uh, a little bit of grade 10 was just, just trying to work out like as much just maximize my day with a bunch of workouts like pack it um but that's something that i stopped doing like right now and i feel like i am improving uh, more than i was before because and i also get a little bit of time to reflect over you know what happened like if i do a workout with you um and then later on i have a workout with brayden like at night i'm not worrying about what i did with you because i've got to work with brayden <laughs> yeah but then, um, yeah, now I get some time to like think about, okay, we worked on this, like um, A, B, and C. So now how can I implement that? How can I like be better at that, um, mm-hmm. you know, by myself? <laughs> so, yeah. So with that um, evolution, I think that like helped a lot. But how have you like, I wanted to ask you how you saw my, like, how do you think that I evolved as a um, basketball player from oh, grade nine to now man oh man from grade nine I think I, I think I've been training you and I've known you since grade seven yeah grade seven so when I first met you I remember putting you on the court was was really challenging to find uh, time for you because you'd catch the ball and you'd be like a deer in headlights I remember those moments you'd catch the yeah. ball and have 8,000 thoughts going through your mind and what do I have to do coach also said I got to do this I got to make sure my teammates open so I could shoot the ball and then yeah. the whole time the whole five seconds you were wide open for a shot and you're like, oh. yeah. Sometimes I was like, I don't even know what team I'm on. Like, what jersey is this that I bring if I want? Yeah, yeah. So you were, you're always, you were so. Uh, uh, I can't even think of the word. You, you had a lot like of overthinking. You lot, yeah, you're overthinking the whole entire time. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about your growth that I saw is you were very coachable. You're very coachable. So you'd ask me after the game. You're like, hey, coach, what did I do wrong today? And I'd be like, oh, let me get the book out. <laughs> 
So, so the, I, I would tell you, and I would tell you straight, like straightforward. And the cool thing about you, you wouldn't like start like welling, welding up or getting upset at me. You'd, you'd look at me and be like, oh, okay, thank you. And then you'd come to practice and you just work, 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 work at the things that I just told you that I wanted to see almost like this. Yeah. But you, you used to get so hyper-focused on stuff that all you would focus on are those two or three things that I told you that you had to do in the game. Then you'd focus yeah. on you'd practice and then you'd miss out on other spots. But it was cool. Like, hey, this kid's listening like full-blown. Yeah. I got to make sure I'm telling this guy like the right things now. Like, no, like I'm not going to give him those lies. Like, oh, you got to yeah. jump higher and dunk the ball for the buddy. <laughs> no, like, the, the real stuff in the meat and potatoes I was giving you, you, you were taking that and you were focusing on that. And it was showing in practice. You were going at Edwin in practice all the time. People were like, Alex, yeah. calm down. You're like, this is no time for me to calm down. I'm the 10th man in the lineup. You calm yeah. down. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So after watching that, the, the hard work was so impressive to watch. But with the hard work came confidence. And that's the biggest thing from grade seven to now that I've seen you is the belief in what you're practicing. Yeah. So before you practice it, you practice it, you practice it. And then you get on the court and you'd be like, I don't think I could do that spin move right now. That's kind of dangerous. What if it goes like yeah. that? Now you do double spin move. And I'm like, Alex, you're taking eight steps. You're like, I don't even care anymore. I won. <laughs> right? yeah. I, I think that that's the coolest thing that, that happened through that, that evolution was, you know, you're putting that, that effort in. You're like, hey, I know I'm training harder than any other kid. I have this reputation. Everyone knows me as like this really hard worker, which yeah. you have a, you have the reputation right now. Anywhere you go, anytime someone asks me, like, hey, you know this Alex kid? No, I never heard of him a lot. Well, he's a really <laughs> hard worker. And I'm like, what? No way. And that's all they were saying. Like, this guy works so hard. He's at the courts every day. He's working. He's working with a few of his buddies every day. And yeah. then he goes down to RWI. Or he goes down to Northern Kings. Or he's going to, down to this new basketball camp. He's coming up to Elevation Athletics. He's going to IEM. Yeah. He's just everywhere, nonstop. He's just training. just going gung-ho. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's wild. Yeah. So you put in all that work. And now you're finally like, hey, I put in all this work. I put in all this time. Now when it gets to the game, when I'm in a situation. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I know I can do this now. And I think that was the coolest transformation that you had was your, your confidence and belief in the hard work that you're putting in. You weren't just like, yeah, I put hard work, but I don't think it's right. You're like, no, it's right. It's right. It's, yeah. I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull this 40 foot shot. Cause it feels right. Right. At this moment. And I, I watch it. I watch it happen in our training. You'd be pulling shots on me and you'd be like, yep. Yep. Yeah. What, what's the guy talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? Yep. Yo, start lifting my shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was sweet to watch, man. It was amazing to watch. Your confidence over the years just, like, continuously grows. And, and your knowledge and your thirst for knowledge is, is just like this as well. How can I yeah. get better? Oh, this I get better? Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Cool, practice it. Once I'm confident, now I'm going to use it. Yeah. And that's – I think it's absolutely amazing. You're, you're probably the hardest working kid I've ever met in my life. Oh, thank you. So I think that's, like, um, you know, confidence is really important for me. Like, I agree with you completely. Um, but I think also, like – being confident in uncomfortable situations for me. Like right now I'm practicing with um, probably one of the best coaches like in Canada. So that's kind of like a little bit stressful, you know, cause I can't, yeah, with you, I was talking about you. <laughs> no, but like even at Northern Kings or anywhere that I go, I know like sometimes I think, you know, this guy could really like, like I need to be playing good right now because this guy could give me an opportunity um, mm-hmm. that nobody else really can. So um, but then I, 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 I'm like more comfortable with doing things that's risky, I guess. Um, in moments where like, I'm kind of stressed out cause like so-and-so is watching me or I have to be playing good cause this coach watching me. So you're saying like j- during the high risk times, you're, you're able to take those shots or you do those moves more confidently. Yeah. 
And, and is, it, is it because since those are such high risk moments that you practice and move over and over again, you're like, hey, if I shoot the shot and it goes in, perfect. Like there's no expectation on the shot going in anyways. So yeah. now you shoot it, you shoot it more confidently because you're like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it goes in now and everyone's like freaking out and you're like, the outcome didn't matter. I'm going to play defense now. And I'm going to shoot the same shot next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we yeah. were playing once before practice and this kid was from me. This kid was guarding me from like Bill Crothers. And I was like, oh, you like, you think you're nice. I was, I was thinking on my head because I can't talk shit because, you know, I'm like the, <laughs> I'm like the, I'm like the outsider right now. You're the token white boy, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went, I did like the fake through the legs and then I went to drive and then I go and I body him and then he cuts me off. So then I turn around and I throw it behind my head and I knew it was going to go in. Like, cause like I do this in my driveway. <laughs> Um, in front of my neighbors and they walk by and they give me thumbs up so I know it's going in yeah you're reckless <laughs> yeah so I do it and it goes in and everybody's going crazy and this guy's cussing me out like yo who is this kid what's going on like give me his jersey you know he's not allowed to play here anymore so was, <laughs> but um but yeah and then everybody was talking about it all practice so um like I, I completely agree with you with like doing something that nobody really expects me to do yeah it's it's less it's actually less pressure when uh when the shot clock's going down or times against you, there's there's no expectation of that shot. So all the confidence in the world is now like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this right. I'm gonna chuck this towards that with my yeah. best form. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna hit this now because like yeah. everyone else is gonna miss. This is perfect. Now if I miss, it's no stress on me. If I yeah. hit it, I'm back to zero again. Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. if you're doing like a drill maybe, and then you see like everybody else missing, like there's no pressure for you to hit. If you, everyone's making it, then you're like, oh, I can't be yeah, the yeah. fifth guy to, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I'm going to make us run again, damn it. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something that really helped me with dunking, too, like learning how to dunk, because I was just thinking the whole time, like, nobody really expects me to dunk. So if I don't, if my, like, athleticism doesn't grow, it's fine, because nobody really expects me to dunk. But if it does grow, then that's going to be crazy, because everyone's like, oh, look, this kid just, like, threw it down. You know what's going to happen since they're not expecting you. They're like, yeah, this guy's not going to dunk the ball no matter what. Now, it's perfect for you because now when you drive to the lane, they're going to go up all casual and you just get the quick boom, quick yeah. poster and smile at them. They're going to be like, this guy can jump. And you're like, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Don't jump again, please. Yeah. Let me go to the lane, please. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I still want to stick a little bit about training. I wanted to talk to you about like, um, like maybe the importance of training on like weaknesses rather than training on strengths all the time. Um, see, I'm a, I'm a little weird for this one mm -hmm. because a lot of people will go, Hey, do, do that. Train the weaknesses, but like the strength and weakness balances out. Yeah. But if I can get to the lane every single time and I can get a layup on this big guy, continuously mm -hmm. i'm going to train this guy to be extremely efficient at finishing all sorts of ways i'm going to make your finishing go through the roof because they cannot guard this now this is yeah. this is a huge strength i'm going to continue going this way mm -hmm. and then it was like well maybe uh, train some uh layups and shooting layups mm -hmm. and shooting will come but you want to master this this is what's going to get you all your minutes this is what you're going to get found for yeah to be all around to be like an all-around player like a lebron james for example to have yeah. the ability to all sorts of different things. It's it's kind of hot. It's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to be that yeah. unicorn on the court to do all that. Yeah. So if I'm amazing at driving to lane continuously, I'm going to get my minutes. I'm going to get my play. 
I'm going to do something incredible that not a lot of people can do. Eventually, yes, I'm going to need to expand my game into like maybe a mid range, but to build up all the skills at one time, it's that's going to be kind of tough. You're, you're going to lose out on, on some minutes and some play if you're trying to stay like level the whole entire time. So if there's one guy that can do something level the same as you, you're going to, you're going to lose that. All. If you have a yeah. place and a role to play, you're really good at something. You're going to get those minutes. You're going to get that playing time. You're going to commit to a style. If you have the ability to do all of it, that's amazing. Kudos. Like that. <laughs> Keep doing yeah. that. But most of the time, that's extremely rare to have a kid or an athlete that's able to do so much at one time. So I think building on your, your, your strengths is extremely important for a position if you're trying to keep it. Yeah. To, to build, build those strengths, make them go even higher. If you're a great shooter, great spot-up shooter, sweet. Now learn how to run off a screen and catch and shoot that ball. Build on yeah. that. Don't just be like, okay, hey, I'm a great shooter. I'm going to get a sick hand now. Well, mm-hmm. your point guard has that. Yeah. If you, if you want to find ways to attack, cool, but you can now. You can now be that great three-point shooter that can now run off screen and shoot in transition. You can spread the floor in a whole bunch of different ways. I think building yeah. on top of the skill you already have is is important. A lot of people won't agree with that, which is perfect, which that's perfect for debate. A lot of people believe in building up a bunch of different things. I think building up one great skill set, once you're like the master of that, then you can start building up different things that your team will need or that the place you're at will need. Yeah. Right? Because you never really know what you actually need. So if I'm a really good driver, I'm, like, ah, I'm going to build this three-point shooting up turns out you get in a team and all four positions are three-point shooters you don't really need yeah. to build that you don't need to build that three-point shooting in now you can just attack the lane because the floors can be so spread out now yeah that if help does come you're kicking out to your teammates now bam you're getting shots in so now you're continuously building this one skill set that allow you to change the whole set the whole face of a defense the whole face of a game right and then say the team isn't isn't four shooters all around this time yeah now, okay yeah maybe i do build a, a spot up three-point game so now i can be a threat when i'm off the ball work on that a little bit here, but I'm still going to continue to be that driver to the net that's continuously going towards it. Right. Yeah. That's at least what I think. It's not for everyone. It's not set in stone, yeah. but that, that's my belief on, on how to train, how to build up skill. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, I think, um, especially when you get older, um, if you like when you're in grade five or grade four, nobody's really recruiting you to play for your team, like a team. So, yeah. but you're like, when you're in grade 11 or grade 10, you want to have, or like grade 12, you want to have something that nobody else really does have on the court or something that you excel at. Because yeah. if you think about why would, why would like um, a coach want you on their team? Like if a coach, if a coach uh, needs a point guard, because like one of them left, for example, they need somebody that knows how to go off a pick and roll. And you know how to go off a pick and roll, then that's going to make you more valuable for the team. But exactly. if you, exactly, if you know, just like a little bit, yeah, I know I could do a little bit of pick and roll, but I could shoot. <laughs> Like, you know, but we got some elite shooters already, so we don't really need that. Exactly. So that, then you'll miss it on too because now you're competing with the guys that are like, hey, my whole entire life I'm just shooting this ball. And you're like, well, yeah. I can kind of shoot too, man. I get you. They're like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't get us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, the guy in the Miami Heat, Duncan uh, Robinson, oh, yeah. that guy's a really good shooter. And if you look at him play, he doesn't really dribble like that much. He does maybe like one or two but he's really good at moving off the ball. Mm-hmm. So if you, would, if you were to, like, work on him just dribbling all the time, like ball handling, like, that might help him a little bit, but probably not because he's not, like, dribbling in the game. Yeah, he does. He, they have two amazing – actually, three amazing dribblers, like uh, Kendrick Nunn, Goran yeah. Dragic, and then Jimmy Butler also. 
So they have guys that can go into the lane and attack. So if Duncan Robinson's like, I'm switching up, I'm going to start doing this, he's got to make sure that his ability to attack is better than Jimmy Butler's, Kendrick Nunn's, and Goran Dragic. So that's like – yeah. You're, now, you're, now you're putting yourself outside of your element that you're really good at to try to compete with people that are amazing in their element. Uh, would that yeah. work out? Maybe. Who knows? Some, some players can transition that nicely, but majority of the time I'd be like, if he would have just stayed in shooting, exactly you said, now he could run, create space, run off screens, you know, catch and shoot, shoot in transition. He just built four different ways to score with just learning how to be a really good shooter on yeah. that court, right? So it's not just shooting where you're stuck in that one, you're just a straight shooter. Now you can do different movements, different dimensions of shooting. Yeah. Which is really cool. So that's what it means when you're building up that one skill set. I was building one thing. You're building a bunch of different things within that skill. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think that's more important. I think moving without the ball is might be a little bit more important than like moving with the ball and just know how to dribble. Because if you think about like Duncan Robinson or JJ Redick, they're really good at moving without the ball, and they have like offenses kind of like set up around them. You know, yep. so they're kind of like the main part of the offense, but they don't even get the ball like they get the ball but they don't dribble it that much or they don't drop mm-hmm. so that's something that. to consider but um but i think like if you're looking at younger players like uh they don't not even high school like maybe grade seven grade eight like if you have somebody that's six foot one and they're your big because everybody else is like five five then you know you gotta work like you gotta let them be, be your big because like they're the biggest one they're gonna get buckets but I think it's better for them to learn guard skills, especially uh, if you're. I was hoping you're going to say that. I was, I was hoping. I was, I was hoping you were going to stop it, being like, "Yeah, let them be your big at six one." No, Alex. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something I, I come across a lot, especially yeah. they, they come see me when they're grade eleven, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm six three, been a center all my life, wanted to shoot, coach didn't let me shoot, and their forms are just amazing, but they just have yeah. no reps on them because all they did just play big or, or they capped them as a big." because they want to give shorter players the ball to bring up the ball. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't believe at all in making uh, a taller guy into a center, even if he's kind of goofy training yeah. him out on the wing is always, always a solid game plan. Training him with ball handling skills, give him the confidence to believe he can dribble a ball or to attack off of it or to play make it is yeah. it's absolutely huge. I love, I love it. Seeing big guys that are able to do that to, to go outside the boundaries be like, Hey, you're not just a big, you're six one. You're actually not a yeah. big at all. Yeah. You're, a guard, you're a guard I'm going to start playing you as a guard or, or in the five outset make the, make the little guys hit the screen instead let this guy work off it see what he can see because he can see over everyone yeah. there's more opportunity so, yeah so I, uh, I agree with that full heartedly on that yeah so I think that's um, that's something to consider is if you're a coach if, if there's a coach listening to this then you know just hit me up because <laughs> I might want to play on your team but <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think that's something that to consider, like when you're training younger players, and also even if like, even if you don't have a big when you're that like young, I think that's okay. Like if you just have a team full of guards, because um, unless like, unless you need somebody to like play defense on somebody that's bigger, but like I think learning how to drive as a guard even when you're taller that might actually be more helpful than just. Like, because when you're younger, you don't really know positioning on the key or, like, where to move to be a mm-hmm. big, to move to open spaces anyways. So you're yeah, just, like, sitting – yeah, you're just sitting on the block. You're just, like, having one extra help player because you're not, like, a threat. Yeah, and that, that's also something that happens to, the, the, to these guys. They, 
they post these taller players. So like, hey, you guys, you're tall. Let's go in the post. Get mean. You're, you're a mean guy now. And the guy's like, actually, I'm a very delicate. I can shoot jump shots. <laughs> yeah. I much prefer that. Like, no, nah, you get in the post. And then they don't teach them how to, how to do any post moves. Yeah. They're like, you're, you're, you're six one. You should know all the posting package. Don't they give it yet when you're born? Like, don't they, don't yeah. they do that to you? No, like don't, don't just expect some kid that's tall to understand the postman just because you show it to him once or twice and be like, if you use your body, your body's big. And then blame the guy when he can't finish a, a bucket or two. You blame him for, for not having the post skills. No, you, you didn't teach him that. And then you also put him outside of his element because maybe he doesn't want to be a banger. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he did want to be that, that shooter on the outside. Maybe he does have a good touch, but he's not confident enough because you never give him a chance to do it. Yeah, right? exactly. So don't, don't box in these kids that grow early. They're, they're not meant to just sit on the block all day and let their let their potential go to waste on the lower block. Yeah. Let let yeah. them run on the outside a little bit, right? Give them give them some reps and practice on the outside when you're training them. Show them different avenues to work at. Don't just crush them down low because a shorter guy can bring up the ball, or you want a shorter guy to be your point guard. That's yeah. uh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Just putting a a shorter player as a point guard. You're like that's how it has to be. Yeah, there's no logic in it, right? You can have like a really good ball handler. That's a slightly taller kid. Make, make that guy bring the ball up. There's, make anyone bring the ball up. Anyone yeah. bring, doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Like as even long as the, they can bring the ball up. As long as they can bring the ball. Yeah. Up. If they can't dribble at all. They probably <laughs> yeah. Just get them get them out of there. You know. Yeah. Like even if you think about it now, Lamelo Ball, he's six foot eight and he's like running everything for Charlotte. Cause, six eight. Yeah. Because he's like he knows the game. He understands it. And that's like a new thing coming. Like even Ben Simmons before. Um, when he was earlier, everyone was like, oh, he's like a 6'10 point guard because he knows, like, understanding the game, it doesn't matter if you're, like, tall or small. Mm-hmm. You just know the game. Yeah. I agree so um, there were two things I want to talk about, like, regarding, uh, like, younger players. So if you have somebody boxed in, like, as, a, as, like, just playing on the block and just going up, even if they're don't ha- not happy in that position, like, how many 13 or 12-year-olds, like, do you know that's going to go? talk about what they're not happy about like oh i don't like this that's happening right now with their coach yeah like, yeah so that's something that you got to do as a coach like like you know look at your players and try to un- or talk to them you know and just mm-hmm. ask them how they're feeling do you really are you happy with like how everything's going right now like what do you want to change because when you're when you're like grade seven grade six winning games is like fun but nobody's like scouting you at 11 years old so yeah yeah I agree with that. Having an, an open source of communication with your boys is, is very key. And, and yeah. understand, asking them questions a lot of the times. One of, one of my favorite things to do is uh, when I'm running a play or if I'm creating an offense, I'll let my guys poke holes in the offense. If they don't like it, if they have any questions, I'll see like a little confused look on their face. Yeah. I remember one time, uh, Andrew, this guy named Andrew Ward, Andrew Ward, big shout out to you. He was like, coach, our zone is not working. Like, we're not getting anything out of this right now. There's me like, it's crazy. I know. <laughs> I thought it worked too. He's like, what if we put uh, both of our bigs down on the bottom instead? And then that way we run it and we'll, we'll get better looks. Like, so the way he explained it, I was like, okay, cool. Good idea. Let's see how it work on the, on the, on the chalkboard. Show yeah. Let's see how it work in the game now. And so he goes out, we run it a few times uh, his way and he realizes that it's just so clumped up and congested in there instead of the, the pendulum that we had going on. Yeah the pull little pulley system had going on and he comes off and to the next break he goes hey hey thank you my bad my bad i, I thought about it my bad it's, it, it didn't work and i was like hey no it's an idea we didn't know if it'd work or not it's an idea go ahead yeah. continuously ask me questions 
poke some holes in it. Like we're a team. It's not just hey, you guys are the players. I'm the coach. We we all we're all learning from each other, right? I don't I don't know everything for sure. I'll be the first yeah. one to tell you how yeah. you know. I'll be the first one to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Go see another trainer, coach. He probably knows some things better than I do. What I do know, I know. But what I don't know, I don't know, right? So I, I love that. Yeah. Love yeah. keeping that stream constantly open. Like, hey, poke holes in poke holes in this idea. Ask me questions. Even give me some ideas if you want to try something new. See how it works. Hey, you want to shoot threes? Show me again a few threes. Then, if you want to pull in the game, see if you like it. Go for it. Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of how I build it. A lot of parents, a lot of parents didn't really like that first kind of deal. In my years of coaching, they're kind of like, hmm, it's a bit reckless leaving letting anyone do whatever they want. But then, yeah, people yeah. once they start doing what they want, if they realize it's not working, or like, hey, you know what, I'm actually not the best shooter, they'll buy into the rules easier. Yeah, yeah. right. They'll they'll believe in the rules, believe in what they can do more than what they want to do. That's how I like to see it. So it's a little fun game. They start hitting cool. We just find out we have a three point shoot. They don't hit. Yeah. Go yeah. back to doing what they, they know best, right? Yeah. And I think that's good, like to learn from failure. Like mm-hmm. like, you know, Andrew, he thought he had an idea, even though it didn't work, he he probably better doesn't his understanding of basketball by understanding why it doesn't work. Like he saw why it doesn't work. So now when he's driving in and he sees two bigs there, he's like, No, nah, one of you guys should go out because I know what's happening now. Mm-hmm. I know what's gonna happen if there's two bigs down low. So I think that's really like that's really interesting. And he, he probably knows more than basketball than I do. He's, he's a pretty <laughs> yeah. smart guy. I, I like him a lot. He's a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. And then also, um, I forgot the second thing I was gonna say. Shit. Well, was it about my sponsorship with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Justin. Okay, <laughs> now we're back on track. <laughs> yeah, we're taking um, track every time. Um, but yeah, I was gonna, but yeah, that's like a really cool thing that you decided to let them kind of run on their own. And I think it also like builds, um, problem solving skills too. Like if something's not working, um, I'm not going to wait for Justin to come tell me what to do next. I'm going to try to figure it out first. And then when it doesn't make sense, I'm going to go to Justin after and be like, Justin, I'm trying to like, I, I'm shooting three pointers. Like I get the shooting part, but the going in part is not working. So <laughs> like, if you can help with that one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I got one of my, actually one of my favorite stories uh, from coaching uh, this rep team a few years ago, my brother's team. Uh, we had this guy named Kyle Murphy. Uh, you know, Kyle. Yeah. So that's Kyle. He's, He's actually get, my neighbor. He lives down that way. Does he? So, you know, Kyle can get really hot like this out of nowhere. Yeah. He can just get hot and go on like a 20 0 run by himself with no problem. You're like, well, this is crazy. I remember him sitting on the bench. So, like, how this community, communication got built was always like, hey, you come talk to me, throw ideas at me, see what's going on. Uh, we were in, like, a cold stretch. We weren't hitting. Nothing was really going down for us. And then I had Kyle buried on the bench for a little bit. I don't think I played in the first quarter or something like that. And he looked at me, and he's like, yo, put me on. Do you want some threes made? And I was like, what? And I looked at him. He's like, I can make threes right now. Like, why am I not on? And I was like, Okay, go put yourself in, then you think you're going to score. Kyle checks himself into the game, gets a corner three, bangs it right away. He, like, turned out, like, yelling at me. He's like, ah, <laughs> like, beefing with me. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's sick. Comes out again, bangs another tray bomb. He's, like, looking at me. And I'm like, this guy's amazing. He just, come, he just called his own number, right? And yeah. then, uh, then later on in the fourth, the game, the game was close again. And then he does it again. He just, like, gets up. He's like, hey, I'm going in the game. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. In the game, he goes in, bangs two huge shots for us. I'm pretty sure we closed out that game with him coming in the game and just being like, hey, I can do this. 
So I don't recommend that for like all coaches or anything like that, or like all <laughs> players that relationship, but like yeah. to build the relationship, to be able to have that trust in him. Cause I know he can go off like that. And when he's feeling himself, he's confident. He's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to score right now. I yeah. want the guy on the court right away. I don't care if he shoots 50 shots in a row. I want him on the court right away when he's feeling himself. Cause he can light up like not many players can that I've, I've, I've been with. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of my, that's one of my favorite stories when he, uh, just kind of got up and stuff and scored a little bit. It's always fun. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really important because, like, being open with, with your players. Um, because, like, if somebody's hot, like, you, they know that they're hot. But, like, maybe before the game they were shooting, they were, like, making 10, 12 threes in a <laughs> row. So they're feeling themselves. Um, but then when everyone else comes, they're like, yo, like, I'm going to make so many threes today. You're not going to believe. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, Alex. <laughs> all right, all right. Buddy. Yeah. Settle down, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but having that, I think having that relationship, like trusting your players and knowing knowing your players especially is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge, um, huge. So the thing that was like, the thing that I forgot to say before, like the thing I forgot, I remember it now. I was going to talk about, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to talk about coaches, um, like coaches of basketball teams training, like doing skills training with players. Um like when they're younger or maybe even in high school. Cause I feel like that's something that's not, that doesn't really happen with most coaches cause they're focused on um, like building understanding of the game, which is really good. But what do you think about them also like implementing skills training into their practices? I think that's a, an amazing idea to start building the fundamentals earlier. Cause as you said, there's a lot of coaches that are out there that understand basketball, the X's and O's, how it's played. Yeah. And the training group that understands how to score within these X and O's each coaches create. So I think yeah. having a good balance of some, co- especially in Canada, it's going to be tough to get coaching and training on, on board. Yeah. But if you can get training younger, teaching these kids the fundamentals and teaching them, hey, these are different looks to make different ways to score, broaden their, like open their mind up. Because the coach that they're teaching, like, hey, this is a layup. This is how you're going to get your layups. Score your layups. Yeah. Ta-da. Now you've got guys that are like, well, actually, if there's a guy in front of you, now you can euro set this layup into different hands, or you can just stop, pop, hezzy, and then go up. It gives yeah. like just broaden your knowledge on how to score, when to score, when I can use these moves. I think training is training is huge. Uh, that that's what Elevation believes in as well. Elevation is like, hey, we want to focus mainly on the training aspect. Hey, rep it, yeah. rep it, rep it. Rep it. <laughs> I want to focus mainly on on the training aspect of stuff, right? Because we want to show athletes, hey, there's you you can do a lot more than you think, and it's it's a lot easier to teach you how to do it. And now you can implement what we teach you into the game. So you don't have to take everything we teach you. Yeah. Take the bits and pieces you like. Like we, we teach you a lot. And you're like, oh, I'll probably take one or two of those things. All the other ones are kind of, huh. Yeah. I know those ones are. I don't like them, right? And we understand that. So we're not like, hey, take everything we teach you and go play it. It's more like, hey, take what you like. If you really like it, work on it more. Bam, now you have something new to offer. Just teaching yeah. the kids a different aspect of the game is, I think, is amazing. And I think that's really important to if you're like a um, if you're a basketball player, um, if you want to get better, I think it's important to like try to push yourself out with as many coaches as possible because everybody has a really different like style of training. Like for me, um, when I was with Justin and uh, Santi, um, what we would do is just like work on like maybe two or three moves, which is good. Like I'm not saying that was bad, but that's what we did. We would just work on two or three moves and just like rep it out. But then I started working with Marcus and with Marcus, we just worked on being able to control the ball better. And we weren't doing moves, but we were doing like bounce, like just holding it 
like crossover holding it through the legs holding it to like make myself more comfortable with the ball and I felt like that mixed with what I would do with you really helped and then I started working out with um coach uh, Steven at RWI and we weren't really doing a lot of moves but we were getting a lot of reps in like different combinations so mm -hmm. I think like that's something else that we weren't really doing with you or with Marcus but that's yep. something I found with Steven and that really helped me change my game to a new level and like he was that. yeah and like with, when I did with Marcus we were like trying to dribble more lightly and not really lightly but like more controlled mm -hmm. both at RWI we were trying to like pound it out so then when I didn't got into a game I could pound like do like pound crosses and like through the legs but I could also like be light Soft and gentle with it too yeah 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 that's something actually I thought was extremely cool of you on what you're doing is you're not just like boxing yourself in again with like yeah. one culture, one program. You're not like, hey, I'm gonna save this program my whole entire life. They're gonna teach me everything they need to know. Yeah. So there's there's no way one program is gonna help you develop that that much. It's it's impossible. Yeah. So, so jumping into all these different programs, learning from all these different coaches, what they have to say, what they believe in, what they know, what they understand, I think is incredible for athletes to do. Test a, test on everyone. See what you yeah. like, see what they're teaching you. Everyone will teach you something different. Take bits and pieces from it. You don't have to just lock in into one thing long-term forever or just like this guy's way is right what he taught me is right completely yeah hey, probably some good values probably some very good core fundamentals perfect go try someone else out they might teach you something different that you might not even thought about yeah right exactly and i think that's something that some athletes do is like like if i'm if i'm not if he's not teaching me with justin teaching me then he has to be wrong because that's not that's like <laughs> what i've been doing with justin like all, all my life <laughs> So Justin might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think that also comes with like coachability, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I think being coachable is just like, you know, being able to listen and oh, if somebody tells you um, to do something, like, first of all, you have to question it. Cause I feel like if you don't question something, then, um, you know, you're just doing like, you're just doing what they tell you, but you're not really yep. learning anything. Right. And then, and you know, like sometimes, so with some coaches, you got to be careful with how you say it because like, some coaches are going to get pissed off. Like, if you ask them, they're like, what? Like, why are you talking back to me? Like, I told you the drill. You're coming here to work out with me, so just do what I told you. And then you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, know. you go, you're right, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, um, and then I think it's also, like, being open-minded and, like, you know, I don't, I, even though this uh, basketball trainer is um, different than the one that I've been with, you know, he probably knows something that maybe I don't know, maybe Justin doesn't know, but he knows mm -hmm. because um, that's something that he specialized in. And then uh, just going out, like, branching out from there. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely amazing. As a trainer and as a coach, I can come forward and say right away, like, I don't know everything. And, like, I, I don't want you to ever believe that I know everything. I'm always right, which is why yeah. I love it. So I especially love working out with you because, like, you're like, this ain't right. And I'm like, oh, probably not, no. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah. Which I love. I'll always, always question it. You can question it back and be like, hey, like, why is this, why are we working on this? And if they explain it to you properly, you're like, oh, okay, cool. If they're just like, just do it because I told you. Yeah. It, it doesn't sit right, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I, I, really, I really like that. And I think also, like, maybe having your coaches, maybe having your trainers talk to each other and trying to kind of get on the same page a little bit. Because I know, um, you know, Marcus, I did a workout with Johnny at LA Fitness one time. Yep. And then after the workout, Marcus and Johnny, like, Marcus told me that they talked about it, about it and, like, what I could do 
to like to what I can work on, how I can be better. And I think that's something that you should have like these different coaches see see you in different environments, and then maybe you can talk about like, oh, when Alex plays with me, he's kind of like nervous when he does this move. So like, yeah. how is he when he does it with you? And then you can like kind of grow from that. Uh, I think I think that would be perfect. That's a, that's in an ideal world where yeah. trainers would come together. A lot of trainers would uh, would like to look at each other and be like, that guy doesn't know anything. That guy's whack. Yeah, right? I don't I don't believe in his stuff. Right, and the, the, it's since it's such a competition, some people are are less uh, accepting of giving the information over to each other. Yeah, what kind of like, ah, no, that guy doesn't know anything. He's trash. Like, he doesn't know it. Right. Exactly. But uh, I I really believe in that. I I love different trainers talking and being like, hey, have you tried this? Like uh, Coach Mike, uh, he's a coach at Flipside, a uh, team that I play for. Yeah. And I remember he was teaching me about shooting, and everything that I knew, and I taught about shooting. Mm-hmm. What he was teaching me made me feel like I didn't understand shooting, which yeah. was sick, which was so cool. Like having someone that is able to do that to you yeah. makes you want to learn and grow more. Because like everything I taught in shooting, I thought was correct. And what I learned, like, this is how I teach it. Mm-hmm. What he taught me after about it, he was putting me through the shooting drills. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's way cooler than me at shooting. This is way yeah. better. So like even me going to like new trainers and new coaches, I get super excited. because I'm like, oh my God, what? What am I going to learn today now? Like when someone, when a coach is talking to me or a trainer is talking to me about stuff, I love listening. I love hearing it. And then yeah. even if I don't believe in it, I can take something and be like, oh, I see how that could work. Oh, yeah. I understand how that works. I'm not just like, nope, nope. My Euro yeah. step is way better. Nope. Yeah. It's always super exciting. And, and one of my things, um, we're playing again with that team. And this coach kept running this one set. I forgot, I forgot what it was today, but kept running this one side and it kept coming over and he was getting these open looks on the side and he kept doing it over and over again. And there's so much misdirection on it. I walked up to him right after the game as we're shaking hands. I was like, hey, can you show me that play? Mm-hmm. And he, the guy was like, whoa, no one ever asked this. Most coaches yeah. kind of just like walk by and like kind of upset at you. Yeah. Oh, like, I really want to know that play, man. And this guy took his time. He was like, hey, like, showed me his playbook. That he used yeah. to beat me. Or I think I won that <laughs> game, actually. I think I won that game, actually. But he used the playbook. Yeah. He showed me this. And he's like, hey, like, this is how it's run. Drew it all up for me, and I sat there. I'm like, whoa! Walk back to my guys. I'm like, hey guys, we got a new play. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, coach, no, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's amazing. Oh, being being open minded, especially trainers being open minded. I think that that's rare, and it's it's sweet. If, if we we shared more and we we worked together in, in groups and stuff like that, I think it'd be it'd be, it'd be amazing. Yeah. It's bad mouthing other trainers, you know. Yeah. And I think, like, it's also kind of like the SpongeBob thing, like the secret formula. If you have something that nobody else is doing, you don't really want them to, you don't really want them to learn. But I think, um, I think something with, uh, so the program that I was doing for a jump training, um, you know, he actually, um, the guy, Paul, he uh, created this, like, um, platform that, like, a bunch of NBA tra- trainers use and stuff, where he just um, teaches everything that he learned about, of coaching and um like coaching and body mechanics and like why he jumps how to jump higher like tendons and muscles and stuff and uh, i think that's really cool to have like a place where everybody could just learn from like pick somebody's mind that's really good at what they do uh, that, that that sounds amazing that sounds like a, a group of people that all pulled together like that as you said yeah that, that's that's ideal that would be fun if everyone's able to just share what they know make sure everyone's safe especially the athletes are safe too and while teaching jumping 
Yeah. There's some crazy. There's some crazy coaches out there that'll teach you how to jump. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they can help you. Yeah, and and how they'll tell you. Oh my God, man. My mom just dropped a whole bunch of Guinnesses inside the cold room and they explode and they're flying all over the place right now. They're spraying all over the place. They're still spraying on her right now. I'm not even helping. I'm not moving. Are you okay? I'm on a podcast right now. I'm on like a video chat. I can't, mom. I can't grab paper towel right now. I'm on a video chat. No, you can go, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything's good now. Let's shoot people away. All right. Yeah, she, so, she, she dropped it in there and exploded all over the place and it exploded and she was like holding it. like, what are you doing, mom? What are you doing? <laughs> you move now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on, brother. <laughs> All right, so I just wanted to, um, so my computer's about to die, so I just wanted to talk about, like, two more things. So the last one was, um, so I got a question from, I got a couple of questions about um, jumping higher, um, yep. j- learning how to jump higher without a weight room, and, um, and then after that, like how you can, uh, like how you can jump higher if you have knee pain. So, Ooh. yeah. Which one? Which one you want first? So let's talk about the um, without the weight room first. Uh, so without the weight room, that's how I was able to obtain uh, my jumping ability. Uh, wait, wait. How, so how how high could you jump like an inch? There's, there's a ton of rumors about what the bird <laughs> actually was. Uh, Forty eight was the highest I clocked in at. Forty eight. Yeah, 48. I personally thought maybe I, maybe closer to 50 I could have got. I don't know. There's some days where you jump and you get the adrenaline and you'd be flying through the sky. Yeah, Damn. I could, I could, uh, I could soar a little bit. It was, it was fun. That's crazy. I didn't know you could jump 48. I didn't inches. either until I was up there, man. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't either. But uh, so you can yeah. get like your head. You can get your head at the rim. There's uh, there's many myths and stories of uh, oh, okay of uh. <laughs> of me getting up that area so yeah i've up uh i've seen some i've been a part of it maybe not all the time but i've definitely been up in that area quite, <laughs> yeah uh, quite a bit but uh yeah so how, how i was able to do it is uh, i was extremely flexible from when i did gymnastics yeah and like gymnastics i just want to say that gymnastics is such a crazy like sport because you develop so much strength like not not maybe you develop a lot of like muscle hypertrophy too but a lot of strength and a lot of knowing how to uh, move your body um, certain positions and like hold yourself your body awareness is absolutely incredible when you're yeah. uh do gymnastics by the way i wasn't like a high level like canada level athlete so making sure that all those gymnasts out there aren't gonna be like this guy's a fraud is a fraud no 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 i, yeah. I did, did some competitions i was pretty solid at it at a very young age though and uh yeah so the one thing that was really clutch was always being flexible i was always really flexible so it was really good for me and then i always had a really good core yeah. So core flexibility is two things I would, I would work continuously. And then the ability to jump for basketball, this is, this is where it comes uh This is where, what you did when you asked me like, how, how am I able to jump? Yeah. I was like, Hey, I'm like, this guy doesn't want to know how to jump. It's not, it's not that fun of a process. Like it's, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> so how I learned how to jump and how I was able to get my vertical so high is I lowered my net in my driveway and from grade, to grade 10, Oh, it's like the end of grade 12. Anytime I had a chance, I'd be dunking on that net. Or I'd find lower nets because we destroyed the net in my driveway one, one summer. I'd find lower nets and I'd go and jump on it continuously for hours on end, like nonstop. Yeah. What that did translate is 
when I started playing on big nets, I knew how to land. And then when I was able to jump or get to my height, I knew how to throw, throw a ball down into a rim. And I was confident. So anytime now I got into these games, I was just going off two feet, banging. I could drop, step, dunk. I could windmill. I could do two legs. I could do, I could dunk. I could three, six. I could do it all. Yeah. So all from continuously practicing on that small net, understanding how, how to turn when to jump. But what did happen <laughs> is something that you felt also. Yeah. I was stretching. I had my core. So my core and my stretching were very valuable to me in, in my ability to jump. But the continuous jumping is how I gained it. But I also gained a lot of knee and back pain from jumping mm-hmm. on concrete all the time. I was yeah. jumping on concrete in my driveway. But my vertical went up. I was able to jump. I was able to, to soar. But I traded in my, my knees and my back <laughs> yeah. for, for that ability to, to jump that high. So I think, I think that, that part helped me. The core, core flexibility and just continuously jumping to show my body, hey, this is how you jump, yeah. were my three biggest factors in why I made jump so high. Yeah, so, that's, so you, I remember you told me to jump three hours every day. Um, yeah. So I actually did that. So that's why my knee started hurting too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I think it's okay to jump, okay, maybe not three hours every single day, but if you could set yourself apart, like maybe dunk days where you can like lower the net maybe once every other day or yep. a two day gap, I think that might be better um, for your knees. But you can definitely just increase your vertical by just jumping, especially if you're starting out. Like if you don't have a lot of reps in from when you were younger, like playing tag or whatever, um, yep. like learning how, to, learning how to jump properly first, like jump mechanics is really important. And then getting those repetitions in, um, I think that's going to help your vertical more than squatting heavy or, you know, like crazy exercises like deadlifts and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, so the two times that I did hurt my back and which made it continuously is when I went to a gym, uh, I think I was 18 or 19, and I went in to start doing some core training and some weightlifting training. Yeah. And I don't know why I was deadlifting or front squatting, whatever the hell I was doing. And it pinched my back nerve as I was yeah. doing it. And that was my first time like being in the way room trying to like keep the muscle on to maintain jumping. And ever since that moment, my back continues to go up at random points where I have really bad back pain. So I was like, yeah. okay, it's not it. A lot of people are like, hey, it's not it. Don't worry. Like you were just lifting wrong, someone didn't teach you the right way. And then I went back in during school. Uh, when I was playing ball, oh, bad, Justin. <laughs> no worries. I was just counting down, messing around when you were gone, anyways. <laughs> yeah, but um, wait, what were you saying? <laughs> uh, I think I think it's very important to add weights in to maintain it. If yeah. you're lifting properly, you can definitely maintain vertical. Like weightlifting is always good. Uh, it's never a bad thing. I just had yeah. a very bad experience with it, so I'm not saying like don't ever weightlift. It's terrible. I, I just for whatever reason it didn't work out for me. Bad form, bad technique, whatever it was. Uh, it wasn't in, in my favor obviously, yeah. to, to do that. But uh, the flexibility part, the body weight part, the core part, and just the continuous jumping part uh, definitely helped me. But make sure you're not jumping on concrete every day because yeah. you, like, you end up like me or Alex. Because when you ask me that, you're like, hey, like, I want to learn how to jump. And I was like, well, this is how I did it. This, and this is risk. Yeah, but you didn't, <laughs> tell, me, you didn't tell me the risk, though. <laughs> Alex, you remember, no, when you I remember when I said, remember when I said in training, you're like, you're always like, man, how do you jump so high? Can you dunk for me? I was like, I would never teach you to dunk because your knees are always going to hurt. And you're like, nah. You're like, what? I was like, your knees are always going to hurt. 
and that's why I walk my limp I move around you're like oh okay okay and then some of you're finally like I want to do it and I was like this guy's not serious and I was like huh? if you jump every day you're going to be able to dunk and you're like yeah and you start sending me the videos every day of you going and I was like oh, this guy's going gung-ho on this he's going gung-ho and then you're able to dunk but you lost your knees now because of it no I have my knees now like I'm good now but yeah you didn't tell me that before or maybe you did like when I was well, I was like two years old. You just, oh. you just like, showed up in Romania and you just told me that. No, <laughs> yeah. 100%. That's always my disclaimer on it. You never, okay. if you want to jump, you, you're, you're going to be giving up your knees or your back for sure on that one. You're giving up something. You're not going to get that for free. Yeah. And I think if you want to like level up your jump too, look at what you need to work on in your jump. So when you're, when you're jumping, so uh, jumping like is a lot of components into it. So first you have the run up. And then you have the penultimate, like the first step, and then you go up. So now think about like, um, try jumping without, uh, without, uh, without running at all, just like from standing still. Yeah. And then jumping. you should, you should see if you're doing like the run up and the mechanics properly, you should see like a few inches difference from when you're running into your jump from when you're just, uh, like standing still. But if you see that, like you're if you see that you're like uh, jumping from just standing is like really really bad then just try working on that instead of yep. just um instead of just working on your like elasticity or spring skipping you know? is also yeah. something that's very very important to do uh during that time just skipping in your garage for 15 10 15 minutes a day quick calf skips big jump skips too also if you take that timing in because it's pretty hard to jump over rope a lot of people struggle at first and once you get the yeah. timing on that jump continues there that big jump you have to load up and get it going get that quick little jump into it helps out a lot i think yeah. i like i like skipping i think skipping is a great workout for that yeah i agree and also for like footwork if you want to do ball handling i think it's really good to like have that mind muscle connection with your feet and being able to control where your feet go and how mm -hmm. they move yeah um but also if you want to build strength for jumping higher uh so i'm not a like a like a coach or like a strength coach so what I'm going to say, like, some people are going to disagree and that's fine. Yep. But I, I don't, like, I probably don't even know what I'm talking about either. Um, so if you want to build strength, I think it's, like, a good idea to start with doing isometric movements. And, like, that's not, that's not doing moving. It's just holding your body in certain positions and getting yourself stronger in those positions. Um, so there's a lot of, like, videos that you can, like, search up for that. But I think it's important to get yourself in positions where like your your knee bend when you're about to take off so if you can get yourself in that position and just hold it think about like all the strength that you're going to get because your body your body your legs are used to being in that position your uh like legs are used to like holding your body in that position so then when you go to explode up when you go down you have all that power that can help uh, push that velocity that you gain up so that's just like an idea to think about is this like a, it's like a theory that's, uh, that's going around right now or? Yeah, it's like a theory. It's, um, it's actually one of the theories that, um, like Paul did PJF performance on Instagram. Go Ooh. check him out. Like he's really, uh, he's a really good guy for that. Um, yeah, I'll link, like, I'll link all this stuff in the um, description for the YouTube video. <laughs> um, but I think, I think that's a really good, like, I think it's good to do your research before you do any sort of like jump training at all always 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 take uh take everything with the grain of salt that you get taught with
Yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely do your own research on the stuff. Unless you really want to like get a really sick vertical and go jump three hours a day. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. It's painful. It's painful as hell. Yeah, nobody, like, if you think about it, nobody really has three hours a day to jump anyways. We got quarantine. We got tons of time to jump right now, man. Yeah, okay, for, for now. Yeah, I'll take it back. Never mind. I'll edit that part out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, actually World of Pickleball. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, if you can just, like, start off by explaining to, you know, everybody what pickleball is, so, first of all. Pick- Pickleball is like full court ping pong. You ever played ping pong in your life? You know, like table tennis? Are you asking so, me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Oh, Justin, <laughs> I have the table in the basement. I was grinding today, <laughs> working on the, the top spin. You, you want to see? That's right there. See that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, every day I wake up and just. <laughs> <laughs> so. So the best way to explain uh, pickleball is like it's full court table tennis, but you get to use tennis strokes on a badminton sized net. On a badminton size on a badminton sized court on a tennis level net that's slightly lower. And you get yeah. to use these paddles and then this ball called a perforated something ball. It's not a wiffle ball. Don't call it a wiffle ball because I got in trouble with it. <laughs> the, <laughs> The actual owners of Wiffleball that have the patent for it sent me a uh, DM on Instagram to the world of Pickleball. And they're like, hey, stop hashtagging Wiffle. You don't have Wiffle Balls. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, ch- check these Wiffle Balls out. I have Wiffle Balls. And I was like, actually, you don't. <laughs> he sends like this link. It's like a patent. His family, his grandfather, like made it. And now passed out yeah. generations and they have Wiffle. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, you guys can have the name. Like, no problem. Like, I don't even care, man. Like, like, do your own thing. <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah that that's that's what pickleball is it's uh it's fast growing sport in north america right now super easy to learn and pick up uh friendly to all ages and uh world of pickleball started by trying to just get the name out to as many people as possible and uh, what we did we started creating little pockets and little clubs all over ontario for people to play so we'd go show up and be like hey we have paddles and balls do you want to play They're like uh we don't really know what this is like yeah. ah, don't worry we'll teach you yeah. So we, we, we teach them, they'd love it. And they'd be like, like, how do we get these like paddles and stuff? We're like, well, then we started thinking, we're like, well, these, uh, these people want paddles and balls as well. Let's make them paddles and balls as well. We can get those yeah. going. So we started like researching for like the last year and getting demos in and in and out. And then now uh, we started getting really high quality products. We're like, oh my God, we can compete with the market now. Yeah. And uh, so we started, now we, now we develop, uh, manufacturing, create pickleball paddles and balls. And then we also have leagues that people play in and we have programs that people play in now and but not now anymore because uh cause yeah. COVID's here but during the summertime we were bumping we were moving and grooving uh we we're planning on going indoors for the winters but that didn't happen for many sports so we're not gonna yeah. complain you know, we're alive and well uh we're moving in the right direction but yeah pickleball is uh the world of pickleball started from uh just an idea at the town of newmarket yeah so when I, when I got hired on the town of Newmarket, they're like, hey, do you, know, uh, do you know anything about pickleball? And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> Went home that night and researched pickleball. And I was like, what is this for? What's going on? And uh, from that point on, I was working at the town of Newmarket. I was constant pickleball all the time. Uh, ended up helping them create their first few leagues that they ever created. Uh, I got to run and create the leagues for them. Yeah. And then I ended up being on like a, like a small little committee that ended up helping make the 
the pickleball tournament at Newmarket, the really big one that happened uh, two years ago or last year. And from that point on, I was always just around pickleballs in the community. And uh, <laughs> one year I was even trying to sell my own paddles and balls uh, when I was at work. And they're like, no, you actually can't do that. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, why not? And they're like, no, yeah, it's actually against the rules, Justin. And, uh, stop selling your stuff here. And I was like, all right, all right, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so the world of pickleball grew and then we made our instagram page and started getting uh, a pretty solid following on it we're almost at a thousand now and we only started in august yeah that's pretty big so uh yeah we're we're growing quickly people all around keep asking what it is and uh we keep offering what it is and uh we just got it was all just lucky it was all it was all luck it was a pre- bunch of preparation opportunity and then uh it happened yeah so i think that's pretty cool like how how you decided to act on your idea because a lot of people don't like if a lot of people have a good business idea but they just don't choose to act on it yeah that's uh that was the same thing with elevation athletics actually yeah so everyone was telling me like the the market's saturated there's trainers uh, yeah. i.e.m's too big you can't compete Bumping around now. Someone rang the doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> the doorbell hasn't rang since like August it's crazy <laughs> Hey, are we okay? (laughs) It's actually me. You say it's actually you? It's actually me. I'm there right now. I'm actually (laughs) two places at once. (laughs) Oh, we got a surprise guest. (laughs) I'm calling the cops right away, man. (laughs) But, but but yeah, so um, Elevation was told like, we're not going to survive. It's not going to be a thing like, don't, don't do it. Sorry, can you hear yourself upstairs? And uh, we just, we went forward with it. We didn't listen to anyone, what anyone said. We're like, yeah, that's cool. All your opinions are very nice. Uh, respect them. We thank you for them, your concerns. Uh, you can put them in this little ballot box that we'll never read. Yeah. And, uh, we just went on our way with it. We just said, cool, thank you. I want to get, I want to get training out to kids. When I was younger, I would have loved to have some basketball training in this area. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to hype this area up full of basketball. Uh, Kevin Pangos really put this area on the map for sure. Like uh, doing what he did, he got the, the hype around New York region. And, yeah, uh, definitely. There's a, there's a whole bunch of talented players that are within this area that don't think they can actually play or they're not confident in it, but they really can play. And to have that ability to have a bunch of great trainers in the area, there's so many of us as you've been trained by, you've been trained by almost every trainer in this, in this area. Yeah. You know, you know how good the training is and what we have to offer. Like all these guys played, played pro, played some college basketball in Canada at some point, played down the States and came back and they're all in this area. Yeah. And, and there's just, uh, just a great opportunity all around just to, to get training out to the public, out to young athletes early. Just be like, Hey, like, this is what you can do with basketball. This is what, you can't do while you're playing basketball instead of just being like, hey, here's the ball, here's X's zone, go run around. Yeah. Right? So when we built that, it was 11 kids. We had 11 kids from November all the way till April of 2018. So was that one of those kids? Yeah. It's from 2018. Yeah. 2018 to, sorry, 2018 to 2019. Because Raptors won in 2019. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was 11 kids, not seven. It was 11 kids. Mm-hmm. from that time period and i remember my two partners they were looking at me because so i was like yeah i can get kids and it's no problem it's like basketball everyone wants to play basketball <laughs> yeah we got only 11 for that like eight month stretch and they're like what's going on like you thought you can get these people i'm like oh, i don't know what's happening right now like no one wants to play no one wants me to train them once and uh the raptors win the title uh that june in 
like once they win that title, our phone lines kept ringing. My phone wouldn't stop ringing. Uh, both my partners, Kurt and Bart's phones would not stop ringing. And we're like, whoa, I think we have something here. Right? Yeah. We, we, we steadily grew it. And then the Raptors win, and we were partnering with the Junior NBA at the time. Just like apply and can be on the Junior NBA board. Mm-hmm. And it just blew up for us. So we're like, whoa, this is crazy. Now we have to find a spot to house all these kids that want to come train yeah. with us. And now we got to get some good coaches on board quickly. And I think in that summer, we passed through like, like 90 kids. Yeah. 90, 20 kids passed through that in that just that two month span in the summer. And then we decided, we said, hey, let's host a, a free three on three tournament to, to show everyone, hey, we're in the neighborhood. Uh, we want to offer stuff to you guys. And so we make the first tournament date happen like August 17th or something like that. One of the days, I don't, I don't remember, something in like the mid. And we didn't think we are going to get a lot of kids on it. We thought we were going to get like 16. 16 <laughs> yeah. We're like, okay, we're going to do something small, something light. And what ended up happening was we had so much registers, uh, registrations, that we had to push the tournament from the 17th to the end of the summer just to fit in all the teams that wanted to play. So we didn't kick any teams out. Every team played. Yeah, um, we had a great team. Uh, Bart, his wife, Kurt, myself. We all created uh, the tournament schedule for it all. When the kids are going to play, all the rules for it for the three-on-three. Yeah, uh, the awards, everything for it. And then we end up partnering with a, a few companies on the outside that help do some sponsorship stuff for us. And so this one little idea of doing training, <laughs> Raptors win, blows yeah. up. Even more. Yeah. There's a great product. There's great coaches around. People like it. Now this free tournament blows up even more. And I think we had like 110 kids at this event. Yeah, and you guys had like some good basketball players come through too. Some some very good hoopers were coming all around yeah. playing uh, during that time, man. Yeah, like Isaiah, so, right? Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but he was there. Um, man, he he could like dunk. He dunked on his teacher in the game. Yeah, <laughs> he can get up, man. He can get up and he can fly, man. Yeah. So yeah, we we had we had some talented players come through from all ages. I think we did from like ages six to eighteen division. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, my brother actually won that tournament in the, in the higher division. Well, yeah, because he got connections in the yeah. – yeah. <laughs> he, he had the inside loop. Put yeah. Them in all the easy brackets. Yeah. yeah. There was, it, it, caught me off, it caught me off guard how, uh, how quickly it, it just escalated and it kept going up. And we're like, whoa, this is well, – we, we have something here that the kids want, people want to be a part of. We're going to continue yeah. working on that. And then so we started the September year with five gyms. Mm-hmm. Five gyms now available, and and our church that we had. So then we're just getting kids left, right, center, in and out. And then uh, we were about to create that Giants uh, high school all star tournament for York Region. Yeah. I think for the maybe possibly the first one in the region. I don't know if there's been one before us, but we're planning on blowing it out completely. Like we started filming kids this year with uh, TST, uh, Coach Santiago, and Coach Johnny were going to the gyms filming. And, uh, getting footage of all the young athletes in our area and putting them out there for the world to see. Like, hey, like, look, the yeah. region has hoopers. Check these guys out. Except for our sports, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, your, your school's play dates were weird. You guys played at, like, the weird times. You guys were playing on, like, West Coast time. We were only filming on... <laughs> oh, yeah. It was weird. I don't, yeah. don't want to get into it. Logistics were all crazy. It was, it was all messed up. No, I understand. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we, had, we had a great opportunity with that. We were building way more momentum. And we had this high school all-star tournament built up. We had all our kids set to play. We were bringing all the kids in from this region into play into one gym together. And yeah. uh, it was getting a lot of hype. Everyone seemed excited. You were actually an all-star in that game. Yeah. You, you were picked as one of our, our top players for junior. So 
you were probably pretty fired up about that whole idea. Of, uh, yeah, I was. I was really excited. Right? Yeah. You know, what, what does that feeling feel like? Is it like, oh, we're finally being noticed. I can finally showcase something. Or are you more like, oh, like, this is, I guess it's kind of cool. Like, what were you thinking when you first heard that? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. But I felt like, I don't know, I feel like there was so much more talent than just those 20 kids I was picked. You know what I mean? Oh, man, way more. Yeah. So I feel like. I know it's hard to like get exposure, like get all of them in like a hundred, two hundred kids in one game. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I was really like um, thankful and stuff that I I could be on the, like on the um like some of the best with play with some of the best players in the York region. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was gonna be exciting, as you said. There's there's so much talent. It is it is so hard to pick just like a, a few kids, right? But if you yeah. keep that bar now, if you have a, a place where they can all meet where there's now like a set radar in New York region now where people can look at, that's not just Vaughn. You know Vaughn creates great products. Oh, yeah. Right? And then all the prep schools are stealing up all the other top players, right? So yeah. what about these high school players that are like in between? They're solid, but they just don't believe in it anymore. We're like, hey, no, you guys still can play. Let's continue building this. Let's build up other people. So this is a continuous years down the line where we're continuously seeing yeah. these basketball players can play and you don't have to just be a prep athlete. You don't just have to play at Vaughn in New York region. To, to be a player in this area. Mm. You, can play, you can play in these high schools and actually be, be known. You can get the hype. You can get that same feeling that these guys are all getting, right? We want to give everyone that, that equal opportunity chance. Yeah, and I think that's really important for the future. Like like you said, for years to come. Like, yeah. Because, um, you know, it's hard It's hard right now when, like, your York region is pretty known and stuff, but not, um, not as much as the prep schools. Like, they get all the overtime Canada and, like, all that good stuff. Yeah. Let's so, take it all love, man. Yeah. So I think um, it's really great to start, like, our own little basketball community here. And then, um, you know, get coaches. Because, you know, you know a bunch of uh, college coaches. Braden knows. Braden's, like, has a lot of connections. Um, everybody. Because you guys played there, right? Yeah. So, um, if you uh, like, if you guys can get that with, like, and, like, sell, sell, like, the – sell, like, this basketball to these players – then I think like we can create you can create something really special. It's we, it's we, it's we, Alex. We? It's not it's we, yeah, it's we. Okay. So it's the, the whole community involved in it, right? And it's not yeah. just one person that's going to push it forward. If 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 the athletes believe in this, and the good athletes want to stay and play within this, then it can grow, right? The athletes yeah. are like, hey, I can use, or the athletes can even use it as a platform to then be seen to try to go to those prep programs and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. So Definitely. it can be used. It can be used as a whole bunch of different things, but as long as people are continuously being like, hey, like, we want to play inside this All-Star game and we want to play on the circuit, that's going to be, like, the game plan for it to continuously build for people that want to come in and see. It's going to, be, it's going to entice those coaches to be like, hey, you know what, we will check it out. We hear it's, like, some top talent in that area. Yeah, definitely. And um, I remember last week you were talking about how you wanted to create, like, an AAU team from these kids. So that was, uh, that was my secret I told you, Alex. Man, look at you, insider, eh? Insider secret, she just want to post everything out to the public, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was the game plan. So after the AAU, after the All Star team uh, was made and completed, and everyone got to play that big game in front of everyone, we were gonna offer a few spots to the, the twelve kids from both sides of the teams that were playing. We we're gonna offer twelve spots, and we we're gonna have uh, hopefully Coach Mike Chambers uh, or Coach Mike from Flipside trying to get him involved to uh, be an AAU uh, program for these guys. Yeah. So they have an opportunity to go and out playing circuits, hopefully down south in the States, 
hopefully there's circuits in our backyard that are being made uh, that we can jump in on, or maybe we were going to be the one to create the circuit was another idea. Yeah. So that was, uh, it was very exciting times. A lot of things were, were in motion and rolling. And that was like the big secret after like the game happened, we're going to let the seasons ride out, let their rep seasons ride out and then be like, Hey, by the way, let's, uh, if you're interested in a U program, we have these great coaches that want to coach. Uh, we have this great program. You guys know the athletes that we're in and, uh, let's go, let's go shock the world. Let's go play. Let's go play some teams in Toronto. Let's go play teams in, uh, down South. Let's go play teams out in BC. Let's, let's go anywhere and play some teams. That was kind of like the game plan to, to get these guys some good exposure. Yeah, definitely. And like, I think there's a lot of good, like, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of teams that would play us. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to, like, turn down a game against, like, an easy win. But they would yeah. think it's an easy win, but then uh, uh, they regret that they did the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it would have been very fun. I think just the, the whole atmosphere about it would have been extremely fun going to, going to play different regions, going to play different all-star yeah. teams put together like that, just playing a bunch of top talents just playing against each other, just, just balling, having fun. You know, the atmosphere would be good. It could be very competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'd keep it very serious, keep it working hard. But for, for me to watch that, a bunch of uh, kids chasing the dream or just chasing the opportunities to be able to play basketball. Like, I'm not saying like, this is a platform for kids to go to the NBA, right? That's not yeah. what the idea is. The kid is like, this is a platform for kids to express themselves that are good at basketball. And now they get a chance to feel like, Hey, like I, I've done my part. I've showed myself off. I, I did, I did my best. I'm playing my best. I'm happy. And, and that's the best I can do. If, if an opportunity comes out of it, perfect. Cool. You get to yeah. play at the next level and you get the, you get the following education, which is the most important part, right? Now they get an education while doing something they love and then they can start a career or start a business or do whatever they want after that. And the, the, lucky, the lucky few that are talented enough, they can go down and play in the States and test the waters in the States, right? So it's just, all this is a platform to create opportunities for what you want to do. It's not a platform that's like, one and done, MBA, woo! Yeah. It's just, it's just a big opportunity for you to, to build whatever you want. It's a blank canvas that you get to draw, draw, you know? Yeah. And I think it's also pretty fun. Like, I think it's really cool to play against like top, top talent, like in Toronto and stuff, like kids that you watch on a mixtape and then you get on the court and you're playing <laughs> with them. You're like, am I yeah. going to be the next one on the mixtape? Am I, I going to be on the highlight reel? <laughs> I was on the highlight reel a couple of times, but I, it wasn't my highlight reel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, it's there was, still a highlight reel, man. <laughs> there was score. I mean, there was zoom in my face. I was like, <laughs> "You're probably wondering how I got here, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, me. Shut up. I dunked on. <laughs> We're always camera ready at elevation. <laughs> Quick look. Oh, that's awesome. Man. That's yeah, great. but I definitely think like this is something great that's that you guys are like want to um start. And I think it's great that you guys um, took initiative to uh, be the first ones to do it. Cause like you said, there wasn't really any, um, there wasn't really any like all-star games or any um, plans to give exposure to these kids. Um, but everybody did want exposure, right? Yep. Like, um, like you said, there was coaches that were like, when you came up with the idea, uh, all the coaches were on board. Like they, they were like, why hasn't yeah. someone? Yeah. They, they were, they were so excited when uh, we mentioned it. We're just like, hey, like, we don't want to be evasive. Uh, we just want to let you know that we're, we want to come in and film some of your guys. And they were pretty open to the idea. They're like, yeah, like, hey, like, cool, no problem. Like, come on in, watch us. Uh, then we're like, hey, we have an all-star at the end. They're like, finally, like, this is amazing. You're, you're doing an all-star thing for these guys. Like, they were, a lot of coaches were just like, yeah, like, we're in. Like, let's do this now. Like, shut up. Yeah. Let's, let's get it going right now. Hurry up. We're like, yeah, yeah. Like, this, is, this caught us off guard. We're like, whoa, like, you couldn't be the first person to think about it. 
and we weren't beforehand. There was uh, shit. What was the name? Uh, North Pole Hoops. Yeah, North Pole Hoops. I believe, I believe was in this area, and they were they were very big on uh, Kevin, and they did like a little All Star thing back in the day for that for those guys going up, and then after that, I never really heard about like a, an All Star thing happening. Yeah, I think I remember that. There was um, – Andrew Wiggins was in that, right? And yeah. Zach um, – I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Marcelin. Marcelin. Yeah, yeah Zach. Braden was in that one too. Braden too, yeah. Yeah, there, there was a, a few guys that were in there that, that ended up playing at really high levels. And I remember they, they did it. They hyped it all up for everyone to play basketball. They did it a really good job. And then I didn't hear from them at all in this, in this area anymore. Like I, I know they're down in Toronto filming a lot or they're filming prep schools yeah. more. Cause that's like where the most hype is at. Yeah. Uh, we're just kind of trying to be like, hey, like, we want to build this back up again. We do have some talent here. It's hidden. And we want to show you guys, like, hey, like, you, you can watch some of these guys. Like, Xavier from, um, what's GW? GW. Yeah, we played against him. And I was in shock when he dunked in the lane on us. And the guy was flying. And I was like, I was cheering on. I was like, this is so fun to watch. Like, <laughs> like, I, I, even, even though I'm playing against athletes and I have to coach a team, I love seeing like, good athletes and, like, amazing stuff happen. Like, it's just so fun to watch. And, there's a lot of things in this in this region that, that are fun to watch. A lot of players that are fun to watch that uh, that don't get that hype around them, right? Yeah, and then there's also players that are really good in this region, but then they move like to Toronto because um, there's like more opportunity there than there is now, like like mm-hmm. in this current moment. Because there's um a Wesley Hamilton, right? You know him? Yeah, yeah, I know. Ah, I know Wesley. Yeah. I know Wesley well. So he's I think he's a really like he's he's a great um point guard and like basketball player. Mm-hmm. But he he he's from Keswick, so he had to move down to um, he played for where GDA Prep and then some other like prep school. Yep. Yeah. He, he, he never gave up, man. That guy's that guy's will and determination to to do something was amazing. Yeah, and he's like an inspiration for me too, because I see him like he's kind of undersized like me, and um, you know, and he's like competing with these like high level guys, so that's like really inspiring. Uh, that he actually, you, your guys' work ethics are uh, pretty similar. Uh, he's one of the hardest working people I've ever seen in and out of a basketball court. Like his whole life, he, he dedicates it to, to proper training regimen, proper health, and then doing the right things while you're training on the basketball court. Like he never is practicing doing something silly. He's always practicing what he's going to be doing in the game for his team. And then yeah. he goes and works on his body, makes sure his body's right. And then he makes sure what he's eating, he's making sure that his body's right. He's just always focused. He's so locked in, and he's so committed to the cause. He's he's a he's a great inspiration. He's a great he's a great player to look up to, especially for this region. Yeah, definitely. And but I th- I feel like when you were talking about what he's eating, uh, that's something that's different for me and him, I guess, because I like that's one of my biggest problems is like eating, like knowing what to eat properly and stuff. You know, you you got to get on board that train right away. Uh, nutrition is nutrition is the new wealth, man. You gotta yeah, be, you got you got to make sure you know what you're putting into your body. And uh, how much you're putting into it, when to put it into it, you gotta fuel that fuel that body properly now. Yeah, like I, f- I feel like I'm fortunate enough because, um, like for the meals that I'm eating, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, my parents have never like really went out to get McDonald's and like stuff like that. But they they're really big on like home cooked meals, and because um, mm-hmm. that's what they were eating in Romania, like there wasn't any McDonald's <laughs> until like, <laughs> yeah. So they had to. So that's what they know. So like, yep. um, so even today I had like homemade schnitzels and uh, mashed potatoes, you know? Homemade, homemade what? Schnitzels. That's like the meat, like the, the big, like the meat things, right? 
yeah it's like um well there's different types i had like chicken ones it's like you get chicken and you um like like make it flat i guess and then you put in an egg and then like bread it and then uh like um put in oil like fry it a little bit it's like fried chicken it's like uh, romanian fried chicken <laughs> there's me like oh okay okay no no now i get it now i get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like but um for for like what i feel like i'm doing is i'm eating a lot of like granola bars and like just like snacks like that like i just like overdose on them grains brains <laughs> more grains no i mean like like um like all sorts of snacks like uh like gummy bears and stuff and then i eat them and then i'm like oh you know i'm done i'm done eating i'm done eating unhealthy and then the next day i'm just back to the same thing it's because they're sponsors Oh, <laughs> I have to. I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, like that's our biggest. Our biggest friend is also our biggest enemy too. Mm-hmm. That's how they yeah. get you. Man. Sometimes <laughs> it be your own people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. All right, so um, so I think we could wrap it up now because um, we've been talking for like like a long time, almost two hours. That's but it didn't, fe- it didn't even feel like yeah, it didn't even feel like two hours though. It really like, didn't. Yeah. It was a blast. It was really fun. Yeah. Thank you. And I just want to thank you again for um, coming on to the podcast because I know you're a really busy guy with all the stuff that you're, all the businesses you're running and stuff. So thank you very <laughs> much for making time um, to get on with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'll always, I'd always support anything you want to do. I thought it was, I thought it was really cool when you, you messaged me. You're like, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. And I was like, whoa, sick. Do it. And you're like, ah, I'm doing it. Be my guest. Like, oh, right, let's go, let's go. And that's amazing. You just, you just want something, and you go and capture it right away without even hesitating. So, proud of you. Amazing job. This, seemed, this, this was very fun. You were very professional. Yeah, you asked the right questions. It was, as you said, didn't feel like we were on for like two hours. It felt way, way, way shorter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, thank you very much for um, hopping on. I hope you have a great, uh, you know, great rest of 2020, and then thank a great, uh, a great new year. I hope the same to you and your family. And uh, do you, do I get the check for this like in the mail or do you do like carrier pigeons or like, like what's the, what's the rate for me to be on this? Is that like a. Yeah. So like, oh. Carrier pigeons. I actually have a dog at home. So she kind of, you know, a little accident, like a little um, accident in the workplace and then okay. have insurance and stuff. Cause <laughs> <it's> pigeons. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning into this episode. Um, I just want to give another thanks to Justin for hopping on again. Um, if you guys want to follow Justin on Instagram, I'll link his Instagram in the description. Um, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, yeah, that was a really fun podcast. A lot of um, gems, a lot of interesting stuff. So I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Um, Roll the pickleball. Everything's in the description. So go check that out. Um, thank you very much. Have a great 2020. Uh, peace and love.